Coming up on episode 97 of Pixel Gaiden. We head back to kindergarten with our Patreon song. We battle two arcade reticle shooters. St. Tim has a Christmas gift for us. Our retro Christmas has come true 30 years later. Tim reminisces about the year. We drink a champagne bottle full of beer. Some retro, but not gaming, pickups. We tell stories of months past and talk about the best of 2022. Stay wild. Stay forever. Welcome to the And Tim Drew! Now, here are your hosts, Eric Nelson and Cody Hoffman! Oh, it is that time of year, Eric, where we, I don't know, gather family around and merriment and there's a Christmas to the air. (laughs) <laughs> there is and then the whole year ends and we do it all again we do it all over again yes welcome to our very special christmas uh slash holidays slash chanka and kwanzaa and year end episode of pixel guide and your number one place for retro video game and retro inspired video game talk my name is cody hoffman i'm eric nelson and um we got a we got a show lined up um we do well i'll just real quick run through our uh our itinerary today um of course eric and i are going to start off with some quick questions some christmas themed quick questions i believe uh we're going to go ahead and listen to hear what tim has to say because he uh is going to throw in a tea time with tim segment today for us it's a 2022 tea time with tim roundup that's right um and then when we get back from that, Tim should be able to join us, and uh, we've got, catching up as we like to do, we've got a battle of the systems, Eric. Yes, we do. This time it's a doozy. Ooh, this time it is. All the previous times have been half a doozy. This is <laughs> exactly. a full doozy. This one's going to be uh, shooters, uh, kind of like light gun games, but without the light guns. <laughs> yeah, like is how I describe it. Reticle-based into the screen shooters, I guess. I don't know. Yep. So it's going to be Nom nineteen seventy five, which is was on Neo Geo versus Operation Wolf on the PC engine. On the PC engine specifically, yes, exactly. Yep. And then instead of doing a game show this time, we are going to do our year end wrap up, in which uh, we have festivities and talk about our favorite things from the year on Pixel Guide N are the best of the best of the year 2023. Um, but, you know, the whole year was just so good in general. So how could you, how could you pick, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like choosing a favorite child. You can't do that. Um, but we do it. So that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into some quick questions. Quick questions. Um, our first quick question comes from Tim, who will again join us later. But he uh, was getting all um, uh, going down memory lane, you know, like three months ago when he came by. It was like three months ago already, Eric. Yeah. 
when Tim stopped by and good old uh, the good old USA to hang out with us for a while, he wants to ask, with the passing of some time since my visit, what moment sticks out in your mind the most and why? Would you like to go first on that one? Nah, I'm I'm being Tim asking you the question right now. I I think that my favorite memory or the one that sticks out the most, I don't know if it was my favorite, but the one that sticks out the most was going to the arcade, hanging out with both of you guys at that arcade in um in San Francisco. Not the one we we did one in Sacramento and one in San Francisco. But we the one went in San Francisco with all the old arcade yep. machines. Um the Museum de Mechanique. Before. Yeah, I thought that that moment sticks out quite a bit. Um, recording was a lot of fun. I just ha- being having Tim there and present at the recording. Uh, I mean, I felt really bad for him because you could tell he was he was dragging. He was so tired, but um, it, that that sticks out in my mind too. So I think those two. Yeah, what yeah. About you? I, th- I think mine was actually the, the Museum de Mechanique as well. I think yeah. it was fun because we were all kind of, uh, I completely forgot about it and I hadn't been there in a while. So it was kind of like all of us seeing something brand new, unexpected for the first time. And that was a whole lot of fun to, to experience together going through those, you know, playing dumb old games like hit the metal ball with the tin Batman. Like, not Batman, but <laughs> baseball batter. Yeah. Like putting our our money and watching it get washed down the drain with some stupid like mechanical, you know, beheading of some. <laughs> yeah, they have, there was dark some humor very and macabre kind of things going on in there. Ones I'd never seen before, so it was really cool. I I, I really enjoyed watching it. And then and then watching Tim, uh, who. As much as I loved him, he is admittedly not the best game player in the world, even though he loves games. And then I see him throw a, a quarter into a Star Wars machine and just decimate that game. He played through like three rounds. Um, man, you can tell he's put some hours into that machine before. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun to see someone who you would think is not, um, you know, like super good at all games, but then they just tear something up. It's it's a sight to behold. Yep, and that absolutely happened there. Um, I think, uh, Eric, you got this next one from Pajaco6502. So Pajaco asks, uh, my quick question, is there a Christmas demo or themed game that you load up every year around this time? And he has a couple of questions, three questions, but we'll start with that one first. Let's just break this down. So I, I know we've answered this one a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had uh, an answer back then, but with the passing of t- time, has the answer changed, Eric? And my answer is no, it has not changed. When I think of Christmas games, for the most part, they're usually like cheesy themes that kind of ruin a, a better game, or they're um, just long story short, they're never great. I don't enjoy Christmas games, and to the point no. where if I even find a good Christmas game, I. Um, I just immediately think it's going to be garbage, like subconsciously, and don't play it, um, which I which I hate for one reason, and I'll be honest with you, it's one I do need to actually put some time and play because it is a good Christmas game, uh, even though it is kind of a bit of a retheme, and that would be uh, is it Snow Force by Sarah Jane Avery? Yeah, she did Soul Force, but then made it Santa's Slay and changed the game up. Yeah, I have not put any time into that, and I I, I have it right here on my C sixty four, but. Um, that, that's Same probably here. the one I should I should load up every year. Yeah, and there's 
we still have a little bit of time, so we could still do that. What about you? And, you know, the Halloween's kind of my my time for playing Halloween themed games because it's pretty easy. There's there's easy pickings there. Um, but I will say that in the past I have gone through, but I do more of kind of a Russian roulette of Christmas games. Like <laughs> there isn't like one in particular that I go to, but uh, I know the Amiga has a lot of cool Christmas themed games like Christmas, like I think lemmings, there's like a lemmings one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is a uh, fire and ice that's kind of th- skinned for Christmas. Um, I will jump around to some of those and play those around this time, but I often admit Christmas isn't one that I really kind of load up. And another thing is, you know, I, I, I'm just not into demos that much, but there are a lot of really cool Christmas demos out there. And I, I should get into that more. So I, I might in the future, but I, I haven't in the past. So you don't need the peer pressure. You don't need to feel like you have to enjoy something you don't, Eric. I like demos. I like putting them on the background while I'm doing other stuff. I think they're pretty cool, but I just, I just don't think to do it. <laughs> so. Part two, huh? Part two of this question. <clears throat> yeah, so let's see here. Um, wh- and was there a game or system you always wanted for Christmas as a kid but never got, but now you have? Well, I have, at this point, you know, unabashedly, have almost every system I ever knew about as a kid. Yep. Uh, so I'm always looking for more things I haven't known about yet to, to see if I can enjoy, uh, you know, real hardware from around the around the globe and such um as a kid you know there's always i'm sure there's always stuff i wanted but i never thought to ask for a video game system for christmas because that just kind of went above and beyond what i expected to get yeah um i kind of mentioned this on the last episode but you know i got uh for christmas i got a sega genesis um like right after the playstation came out (laughs) like that era (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's when i got the system so um yeah kind of all of them i guess but the nintendo 64 i wanted i ended up buying it for my buddy used i don't think there was ever ever a system that i was like i really want this for christmas no that's a um i wanted games i did have games i wanted so i'm gonna yeah. go with uh, more Mega Man games there you go yeah, and as for me, I mean, the only games I got was the Atari fifty two hundred and and like maybe the Vic twenty for Christmas. So, yeah, I wanted them all, but I didn't get any of them. And I knew, like you, I knew better than to ask for them because there's no way we were going to afford a bunch <laughs> of new consoles every year or whatever. Uh, so, no. But man, I, I think about this all the time. I look around and I'm like, I have a room full of all the stuff that I wanted. And I'm very lucky to have all that stuff. Um, but then, like, I, I don't, I, I, there, I, I could be just happy not getting anything else right now. But the truth is, and this leads into this next question, yeah, which there is, you go. and is there still something you haven't got because of rarity or price? I would love to say no, because I have so <laughs> much stuff and I don't have any room for anything more. But there's always something out there oh, that I want, and then I that I like like the that Sharp sixty eight X sixty eight thousand. Yep. I mean that would be sweet to have, but I doubt I'll ever have one. Those are just out of my price range and very very hard to get here. Um, can you think of anything that fits in that bill? Because I, I got to keep thinking here. 
like the 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 last one that I would have said fit this category was the Neo Geo, but I did end up getting that. So yep, the the home console version of the Neo Geo, which I love that thing. Um, I mean, it's funny because it says rarity or price. Uh, that one was. I mean, I guess they're kind of rare. There weren't that many around, but if you go on eBay, there's a ton available. They're just they're pricey. They're just uh, very expensive. Yeah. Not to mention the games, which are most of them are worth more than the system, which is pricey by itself. So, yeah. um, and the SD card is pricey. But anyways, um, the the one thing, and we talked about it on the show a few times. The one thing I just don't have yet for whatever reason, um, I, I guess ultimately it is price because I like refuse to agree that it should be worth what it is because. They were, you know, five years ago, they weren't even that much. But that's the Sega CD. I don't have a Sega CD yet. And yeah, that's a, that's obtainable. we got, we got to get you one of those. Maybe th- this next year will be the year we get you one of those. It is, but and it, but it's got, I mean, it's got to be a Model 1, the one that's yeah. shorter and sits underneath the Genesis, which is like twice as much as the Model 2, because I want the Model 1 because it fits into my cubbies where I have my Segas and everything. And yeah. I want it to all fit in there. I don't want this giant... Uh, model 2 laying around. I don't know where to put it, so I have to tuck it behind something, and then it just looks trashy. You know, I want it to fit in what I'm doing here. So, um, And then those break more often because they have the tray that pops out. So, you know, whatever. It's, I think it's, there's a lot of sticking points for me. Uh, yeah. but, but ultimately, it's paying that much money for something that, I, that really isn't rare. It just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to actually append his question with because this becomes more relevant for me. So he said, and is there something you haven't got because of rarity or price or space? Because Or space. There you go. Because I would love to have like an upright Neo Geo cabinet, like a full arcade cabinet. Yeah. Multi-slot. That would be, I would love to have that, but I don't have any room at all for that. I'd love to have like um, I, one of the newer electronic pinball games, the ones with the that you can change the pinball table, but it's yep. full size. I would love to have one of those, but again, I have zero room for it. And those are all things I could get pretty easily. They're, they're, they're expensive, but I could get them, but I just available. don't have room for them. So there's no, there's yeah. no point in even trying. Right. There we go. And that wraps up quick questions. Right on. Uh, really quick. want to touch on some, uh, we did that. We did the rod and feedback last time. So I guess we don't have to do that again this time. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk about real quick. I oh, I, I almost forgot. I have, and I apologize because we just got a happy holidays letter in our email box, Eric. Oh, did we? We did from a certain retro rewind.ca wishing us a happy birthday. And if you don't know what retro rewind.ca is, well, you need to check them out by going to retro rewind.ca. I've already got the name in three times. Look at that. <laughs> get, get his um, money's worth yeah it's a little late to tell people ahead there to, to buy your holiday gifts but uh frank down there and frank and friends you know i know there's more than frank i don't know the other guys yet uh, frank and friends down at retro rewind.ca have everything you need for your commodore computers or your tandy color computers um everything from cap kits to the cards um, that you use, the SD card solutions you use to load up games on there. Um, they've got ROMs. They've got diagnostic harnesses and materials like that. They've got accelerators for your Amigas. Um, coin cell battery adapter. Hey, speaking of systems that you may or may not have yet, I bet there's a few people listening to this that don't, you know, they're Commodore 64 lovers. They probably have a VIC-20. 
maybe they don't have a, a, a Commodore 16 or a Plus 4 yet. Something a little more exotic, you know? Um, you can get one of those all fixed up at RetroRewind.ca, along with your Commodore 128, which is another one I don't have yet, Eric. Um, and, of course, you can buy the parts and everything you need there, but let's say you, you buy one, you pick one up on eBay, it comes to your house, and you realize it mostly works, but there's a few things that aren't quite right. Maybe you open up and take a look. Uh, it's, something's looking a little fuzzy under there. Something's looking a little leaky. You can send your... Uh, your new device over to your, your new old device over to Retro Rewind, and they will fix it up for a small fee, which is listed right on their website. Comes back very quickly, Eric. I know you've done it a couple times. I keep very tell- fast shipping. Yeah, yeah very I, fast. I, I have a couple of consoles that I want to send that way, and I just have not done it yet. Although I am a customer, I've bought quite a few things from RetroRewind.ca. High quality products, very fast service. Um, Go ahead and, and check out what they got online. And you can do so by going where, Eric? What's the best way to get there? The best website to get to is RetroRewind.ca slash PixelGuiden. Now, Put why that is that? Put that in there, and the, the, little, the little elves at Retro Rewind will tell Frank, hey, they're here for Pixel Guiden. That's always good for us. And then uh, you, if you put in the code PG10 you get 10% off of his already actually super low prices. I'm always impressed by his prices. Absolutely. All right, so make sure you head on down to Retro Rewind and let those gnomes do some work for you. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> that's, a little, uh, that's a little gnome from Doug, our buddy Doug. <laughs> the, the, the Christmas gnome. <laughs> All right, Eric, I think we should go ahead and crack open some beers. But in the meantime, let's go ahead, hear what people have to, uh, where people can go and get information about us, and then hear what Tim has to say about his 2020 with Tea Time with Tim. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using at pixel underscore guiden you can reach eric at the project that's at d-u-h-p-r-o-j-e-c-t and you can reach cody at oddball which is at o-d-d-b-a-1149 you can also reach me that's tim at sanxion and that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show. We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there. Um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show 
in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. And this month, we're getting out our toy blocks and heading back to preschool. Hey kids, do you want to thank all the wonderful people who help support the Pixel Guide podcast? Great! Let's sing along. The victorious David Vincent, the sturdy and stiller, the homeless Jason Holland, and the penitent Mr. Toast. Simplistic Paul Jacobson, tight Ram OK, Ram OK, and the habitual Adam from Commodore Chronicles. They give us their money so we can play the games. Pixel Guidem plays them and tells them if they're lame. The abstracted Mark Richardson, quaint David Modelak, Languid Scott, Cartlow, and Henrik Lopal is a big quack. Royville Dean is elegant, Josh Malone self-aware. The limping Matthew Ackerman, Brian Arsenault is fair. Daniel James is breakable, put him in a box. Ten minute Mega retrocast is fly like a fox. Receptive, that's what makes him cool. Retro Gamer Nation is always happy when he's not much chance. also described as a little child and a So we can play the games Pixel Guide and plays them And tells them if they're lame They give us their money So we can play the games Pixel Guide and plays them And tells them if they're lame Hey guys how about we take a little break and check with our friend over the pond? That's right. It's Tea Time with Tim. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Tea Time with Tim. Thanks for joining me on this last episode of Tea Time with Tim for 2022. I thought I would just do a kind of look back on what's been a very eventful year on Tea Time with Tim and also with Pixel Gaiden this year. The obvious standout time of the year, as far as the podcast as a whole, was the visit to see Cody and Eric in the flesh, as it were, over in California in September. For one reason or another, that trip will be a memory for my lifetime. Meeting Eric first at the airport after such a long and delayed journey, the drive over to Cody's house for the first time, and that was a road trip with myself and Eric... Although I was, I'm sure, just like a total space cadet for the first two days, just sitting and driving in the car with Eric, in my mind that journey cemented the friendship that we have cultivated during the time we have spent on and off the podcast talking, and very much the same with Cody. To just get that chance away from the time we spend recording the podcast, to actually kick back, shoot the breeze all together as friends, play games, drink beer and have some laughs. It was a very special time and what I hope will be lifelong friends with two great guys. I also have to mention their families, who were so welcoming and made me feel slightly less awkward about coming in and disrupting their lives for a few days. So, sorry again for that, and my thanks for allowing me to spend time in your homes and meeting you. 
Let's get round to my little section of the podcast. I want to thank everyone this year who has taken the time out to comment and listen to my section on the podcast. Just this past week, Josh Malone, at 48kram on Twitter, sent me a message on our Discord channel to say how much he enjoyed the run-through of my couple of retro magazines on episode 92. Thanks, Josh. So when I'm doing Tea Time with Tim, there are times where I write a script for what I'm going to say, and there are other times that, well, I just do something unplanned and off the cuff. Normally, I like to go with something I have planned out, and give myself a fighting chance to actually make it sound at least like I know what I'm talking about. So the first episode for 2022 was way back in episode 74, and I covered one of my Christmas gifts from my wife, and that was the Evercade Verses. This came out very well, and I enjoyed playing with the Evergate Versus. One of the real cool features on this modern way to play retro is it has two cartridge slots, and if you mix two particular types of carts at the same time, it unlocks secret games you can only play if you plug in those two combination of cartridges. Next was episode 76. This was my first trip in two years, thanks COVID, to the awesome Southwest Amiga group. I took along my A3000 that Josh Malone had swapped in 2021, along with Commodore 64 and a whole bunch of games. As we were celebrating the 40th birthday of the launch of the Commodore 64. It was a low-key meeting than was originally planned, thanks to COVID uh, still being around, but things were finally starting to ease, and we all had a good time there, and it was just like a, a normal Southwest Amiga group meeting, so that was really cool. Moving on to episode 78, this was all about how to mod the PS Vita. I'd long wanted to pick up a Vita, and I'd mentioned it in one of the previous episodes. So I managed to find one locally with a couple of games and a memory card, but the main reason for getting it, as I knew it was a great console to hack and mod. Once I spent the time and worked out how to get it done, I recorded it for this episode. This also sparked in my need to get my fellow hosts one of these at each and mod them. While doing this mod, I also created video footage of modding Cody's console and produced a video for our YouTube channel that got released in the summer. That video is still doing quite well and it's one of our most watched videos and it's almost got 5,000 views now. Not bad for our little channel, I think. Over to April now and a slightly delayed Tea Time with Tim on episode 81. But as I always say, running late but sounding great. This one I enjoyed making as it was a good excuse to play some of my all-time favourite Sid tunes. This was a very niche episode, but one dear to my heart, all about loading music from Commodore 64 games. I covered classics like, obviously, Sanction, the Ocean Loader music, and of course, the Martin Galway loading and title screen music for the game Hypersports. That was his take on Vangelis's uh, Chariots of Fire theme music. Brilliant Commodore 64 Sid tune, that one. Heading now into the heady, long, sunny days of the summer months, and when, funny enough, we first started planning my trip to California. However, this was 
this episode was 82 and this was kind of a freestyle episode where i talked about my retro collecting history and brought it right up to date i seem to remember being inspired to do this uh one i think it was after a trip to a car boot sale and getting lucky on a few pickups and this was bringing back some memories that i just wanted to share now on to episode 84 back in june this was another nostalgia trip for me talking about my memories of trips to the arcades and games that i played this i think was inspired by all the times that i've listened to eric and cody talking about their arcade experiences and playing games on their main cabs there seemed to be so many games that i'd missed playing mainly because when i was in that moment when these games were first released it was so hard for me to get anywhere and actually play them unless we were on annual vacation or in a, in an area where there are arcades a nice trip down memory lane that one now quickly on to episode 86 where i talked about the medusa scan doubler from lotharek i explained all about this uh, new to the market upscaler and how it came into my possession from my good friend gary in episode 90 which was the first of two episodes where i was in california with the guys yes i talked about um the trade that happened with doug 10 minute amiga metro um, from 10 minute amiga retrocast about the tsunami a1230 accelerator this was a fun one with doug as we swapped a pal commodore 64 i sent that over to him um, and he sent me the accelerator and we both did youtube videos on our items that we received that was a good time for both of our shows so there is a youtube video out there if you want to um, not only hear about it but also see what we swapped after the busy time of getting to and from california i did a more chilled tea time for episode 92 and grabbed a couple of magazines from back in the day and flicked through them and talked about it i did enjoy this one and even learned a few things from it maybe i'll do another one in 2023 now we are pretty much through the year in review with just one tea time with tim to go and that was receiving and going through the sega mega drive 2 mini i did this as a video and audio for the show i did cut the audio version down for the show as the video went on a bit long into the description of some of the games this was a fun one to make especially playing Sonic CD and some of the shooters that subsequently Cody has covered on his excellent Cody's Corner, all about the Genesis shmups. So that's a year of tea time with Tim in a quick roundup. Thank you for listening this year. As always, I feel so lucky to have a chance to put out these in the podcast for you to listen to. And it's always nice when I get some feedback on them next year i will be pushing things forward again and aiming to do more video and audio tea time with tims as i think it helps to show things as well as the audio for the show we also have episode 100 to look forward to and i'm sure you will love what we have planned for the 100th show so i hope you all had a great holiday season and i'll speak to you again in 2023 And magically, through the internet, we have summoned a Tim. <laughs> a wild Tim appears. <laughs> Danger, a wild Tim appears. Very wild. Like, Very wild like and rugged. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> because you are a forward in the time zone. Get it? See the joke? Indeed. Right. I'll be here all day. <laughs> Try the V. Uh, 
gentlemen, first and foremost, we need to crack open some celebratory bubbles. And, ooh, uh, apparently Tim, Tim's celebratory beverage comes in a best mate cup. cup. Best, best mate? mate. Nice. I've heard of, like, world's best dad, but best mate is a new one to me. Well, there's, there's a kind of a story behind this, but you, you go, you, do you want me to tell you that now or not? Sure. Well, well, go ahead and tell us while Eric and I pop open our bubbles that uh, they're not actually bubbles that Doug gave us. So, okay, it's not not really that interesting. But I was just clearing out um, one of the cupboards in the in the utility, and I found this. Uh, do you know the TV chef Jamie, Jamie Oliver? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yep. guys know that. Yeah, it's, I know he's quite a thing over in America as well. Um, but he has a range of products. And for some reason, I had a metal tin um, with his uh, smiley face on it. Um, and it was <laughs> something that someone had bought me at some stage. <laughs> and, I, and I opened it up and in there was a mug that said, best mate. <laughs> All right. nice. so one of one of my mates had bought me this at some stage and it just <laughs> went into the cupboard. <laughs> so I pulled it out and actually I really like it. I've been using it ever since. So it's, it's, that's funny. Awesome. So thank you to whoever bought me this. <laughs> I've got a uh, a world's best dad cup around here somewhere, but but I, I didn't want to use it because I don't want you guys to feel bad that you weren't right. given that honor. <laughs> All right, Eric. so let me let me explain this beer. So this is a beer that was given to us by Ten Mark Ten Minute Amiga Retrocast. Uh, Doug. Thank you, Doug. And uh, this one is these are both big bottles, and he gave this to me. He handed these to me at Ami West. Uh, I mean, it's a straight up like champagne bottle is what it looks like. They look I mean, it yeah, what, like wine bottles, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. They they look a lot like champagne bottles. And it's called um, Best Mate. No? <clears throat> Best Mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's called 159. I don't know what the significance is there, but it is a Cerveza Golden Ale from Ensenada, Baja, California, Mexico. Um, And it is, let's see here. It is six point eight percent by volume, so that's pretty good alcohol content, especially for especially a for egg. this amount. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are huge bottles, so man. I don't know if we're going to get through all this. I'm going to put the rest of this back in the ice to keep it cold. All this right, probably well, be gonna... the only beer we have because they're in giant bottles. Well, I am popping the top on this. Unfortunately, it doesn't open like a champagne bottle. I can't no, go. It's disappointing, no. isn't it? It's just got a regular yeah. calf on the top. It's like, what? <laughs> can't throw it across the uh, the uh, parking lot or anything here. And so, right. also Pouring. to celebrate this, I have a Doug mug. These are the mugs that Doug gave us. Hey, would you would you believe I have the same one? Hey! Hey, the wait, Doug how mug. come How come he said we're both his best, best mates? <laughs> yeah. That's not... <laughs> Now, looking at this, well, let's do a cheers here. Yeah, let's cheers, cheers, guys. Woo! Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. Happy, mm-hmm. happy coffee-mas. <laughs> happy coffee-mas. Okay. Okay. Well, that is interesting. Is that working? I'm going to try another sip. So, color-wise, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's not clear. It's golden. Um Man, I, I mean, I hate to put it this way. It looks like a frothy pee. I, <laughs> it's, I, I, I didn't want to be crude, Cody, but I'm telling you, that is exactly what I was going to say. You know when you've gone for a run and you're slightly dehydrated? 
this is the color of this beer. I was going to get even worse. I was going to say, you know, when you go to like an old folks' home and they have the bags hanging. Oh no! <laughs> it's it's catheter beer. There you go. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Just the color. Just the color. Not the uh, taste. It's, it's it's also like not, it's kind of viscous, not see through, and That's it's right. uh, got for a golden ale. It's not see through. It's it's a darker yellow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just came into my mind there. With, uh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it, so it's I've got a very it. interesting flavor. I mean, it's not like a like a like a standard golden ale for sure. No, it's got something almost um, citrusy going on. I agree. I agree. And it, like, I, I know you hate. You always say winter warmer, but it's got like a um, spice to it. A, a citrus and a, a spice, but very light, not in a bad way. It's actually good. It's actually very good. Yeah. Not got any sour to it then, because normally if you've got some citrus, you've got some sour there. There's a no slight, sour. There's a slight, I, I mean, a tiny bit of sour, but not much. Not much at all. Uh, sour, or is it, um, uh, what's the, tart? I'd say tart. <laughs> interesting. That is interesting. I, Doug, I'd love to hear if there's any, there's got to be a reason that you got this, right? Uh, maybe it's just the fact that it came in a giant wine bottle, <laughs> which would be enough for me to buy it. Don't get me wrong. <coughs> yeah, I, I I quite like it. Imported in Phoenix, Arizona, so there you go. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's see. Out of uh, 12 days of Christmas, Eric. Yeah. Um. And let's be honest, we have to do this in reverse because 12 days of Christmas works in reverse. Yeah. So the best score you can give is a partridge in a pear tree. Okay. All right. So I quite like this. Yeah. I can't decide if I want to do four turtle doves or three French hens. No, it's not. It's two turtle doves, three French hens. Five, five gold rings. Drumming. Wait. Four, no, four drummers. Five gold rings. Yeah, five it's five gold, gold rings. That's right. Gold Sonic. <laughs> well, I legitimately want to give this three French hens. I think I'm right there it's with you. It's quite good. It's yeah. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do that too. Solid three. Yeah, not just because you can't remember what the four is either. Yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> Full yeah, calling this is birds. Good. <laughs> calling birds. Man, people love to give uh, flying animals for Christmas back in the day. <laughs> Somebody gives me a bird for Christmas, I'm going to punch him in the throat. You're See, like, I, I, want those, then. I want those maids of milking. <laughs> I'm not a fan of birds, to be honest. Not for pets. All right. All right. Well, what's in the box? Tell me what's, what's in, in the, the box. box? All right. So, how, box, how do you, man. So, the, so, Tim, being the generous fellow that he is, Sent us a big Christmas box here, which... Well, you haven't opened it yet, so... It's true. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Christmas box. <laughs> the, the generosity is certainly uh, smaller this time of year. <laughs> so, how do you want me to do this, Cody? You want me to open yours for you and just show you what it is? And you Yeah, can, probably. You can be happy that way? It's Christmas. Let's do okay. this thing. So, you guys are going to have to chat while I open, because obvi- Tim is very good at packing boxes. That's true. So you better have a box, very sharp knife. Oh, jeez. Yeah, this, this box has the obligatory Future Was 8-bit tape all around it because I've still got a big roll of that that I can use, and it's yep. perfect. Uh, One thing box, that I'm, go on. I'm always impressed with is I'm sure this started its life as a square box. 
Yeah. But now it's, it's like kind round. of rounded a bit. It's a yeah. rounded box. It's so. more like a donut. There's no right angles on that box. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start some bubble so, wrap. Some some bubble wrap. Yep. There is a package to Cody. I'm going to just put that aside because I'm going to look at the candy first here. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we got Terry's Chocolate Orange Snowballs. Oh, snowballs. That sounds good. I love Terry's Chocolate Orange. Two bandoliers of crunchies here. Bandoliers. <laughs> <laughs> Two nine packs of crunchies. Yep. Yes. We got licorice all sorts. Ooh, that's my thing right there. Yep. Maynard's Bassett's licorice all sorts. Nice. Yep. Thank you. We got Did more you know, by the way, that I, I saw on Amazon that they have a crunchy peanut butter spread now. Oh. It, it's mm-hmm. crunchies in a peanut butter. But because oh, it's wow. like imported to America, it's like fifteen dollars a jar. But it's probably much less over there. But you need to find that, Tim. Give that a try for us. So we got orange snowballs. Some more of those. Yep. Yes, this should be oh. basically doubled up on pretty much everything, apart from there's individual ones specific. Okay, so this these are little zip bags. What are th- these? Must be special for somebody. That looks like um, drugs. Yeah, it's it's just uh, you know, there's one bag each. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. some assortment <laughs> <in> bag. <laughs> yeah, it's one bag uh, each, got- and there's just like assorted retro sweets in there. Although oh, they are- they've got, I'm gonna open got- these right now because these look good. Hold on, they've got two yellow Buddhas. They've got three uh, hits of the orange tabs. They've got. Uh, yeah, there's there's the sherbet dib dabs, <laughs> blackjacks, uh, fruit salads. Uh, Those all sound like drug references. I'm yeah. not even kidding you right now. <laughs> Look at this. We got wild beer millionaire milk stout. And oh, that is that is well. We'll talk about wild beer in a second, right? Yeah, yeah, because this not such a, not such a great story there. No. A sad story. Those are collectors story. items. I don't know These if I can drink times. them. These are dented pretty badly. This must have been on the outside with the box. That's the uh, padding. As long They're as still they good. Made it They're still good. No leaking. Yeah. No right, leakage. There's another, another package. Back to the catheter again, aren't we? <laughs> Holy crap. What is this? This is uh Right. Those are for your daughters. So there's okay. one, Oh, my goodness. There's three of those. So there's one each. Yep. Holy smokes. Whoa. It's like a big old um, oh. cardboard stocking filled with Cadbury. Yes. Chalky. Goodies. Yep. Thank you for that. That's extremely sweet of you. Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, There's toffees, salted caramel toffees. I've got those for you, (laughs) Eric. Oh, thank you. Excellent, excellent. What else is in there? So there should be. There's another pack. I'm going to go through the packages as well. Oh, right. That one's yours, Eric. Yep. It says it on there. Yep. 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 But oh, this one says E, and there is a bottle of there's a bottle in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. a bottle a bottle of E, bottle of E. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what are you sending over there, Tim? Just, the drug references just keep coming. I'm amazed it went through customs. <laughs> Zimtuki blended sour beer. Maybe Ooh. maybe we've uh, maybe we've stumbled onto something here. <laughs> <laughs> I just All found right. out how we can uh, keep you from having to go to work and just do the show full time. Exactly. And this one says C on it. It's the same beer, so we both yep. got the sour beer, beer. So that's yep. great. Yes. Another wild beer company. Yep. Oh man! Wait, so we get to drink those next month, right? January. Yes. We're going to drink yes. all these. Nice. Until I see that they go on eBay for a thousand dollars each because yeah. they're the last of their kind. All right, so this one is labeled C. I'm not going to open it because I can read it through the package here, but more beer. Cherry Moon Fruit Beer. Is that and wild beer as well? 
Yep, double deca chocolate milk stout. Sweet. Nice. These are all Tasty. wild beers. Yeah, so you've got the same thing as well, Eric. So I got the same thing right here, so that's yep. great. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, so we made it through that. So now the package beer, beer of the year 2023 question mark? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm actually quite enjoying this this 159 thing we got going on here. All right, so Tim, what, this is your box. It's your show here. Which which package should I open first for either me or Cody? Um, well, just do your um, small that. Yeah, do that small one first for you. Okay. I mean, you know what that one is as well, but you might have forgotten about it. I think but I do is, know what it is. Once yeah. we get through this, there is one admission that I, admission that I need to make. <laughs> okay, so this is the MT32 thing, right? Cool. Yes. I'm not even going to open the package because uh, I have a f- I know what it is, but yeah, uh, cool. Thank you, Tim, for picking That's that for up mister, for me. That's isn't it? Yeah. That's for the mister. Yeah, but plug that in. It gives me MT32 for all the DOS cores and all that stuff so i can play I midi no idea that. what you're saying but i'll figure it out later it's, it's um, <laughs> like a roland synthesizer uh for your raspberry pi so it emulates um the mt32 sound um module gizmo oh interesting yeah so okay, it, it so essentially there, does midi there are two cool. large packages here which one do you want me to open first tim one for uh, cody or one for me We'll go with well, go go with the one for you first. Okay. So I have put Christmas wrap on these, but I didn't have enough to wrap them both. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got some on top and <laughs> bubble wrap on the bottom. All right. Oh, I do see some. I think I see some magazines in here, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. I love that bubble wrap popping. Magazines are always welcome. Look at that. Atari ST. There you review. go. And With it's the cover, disc. cover disc on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, wow. So I got so the floppy, floppy disc on the front. Dude, I got a Your Sinclair August 86, a Zap 64. Nice. That is awesome. There should have been some Amiga formats in there, but they were so heavy that it would... I mean, the box cost enough as it was, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had shipping to try is... and keep slim, slim it down a little bit. Shipping is a thing. So, Tim... Oh, this is awesome, Tim. So, this is like something we talked about. Oh, check yeah. that out. So, I, it's a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. And it has... Um, this, is like, this is very similar to the one I had when I was a little kid. Like, it's this is a realistic one. Um, That's the brand, not the... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not, yeah. not a description of this. Essentially, it's a Radio Shack or Tandy brand. Yep. Realistic. And it's got all the ports on the side for in and out, all the volume, but it's like one of the kind of handheld portable. It looks um, in great shape, too. It looks like it's brand new, practically. Someone's yeah. going to be loading, loading from tape. And I got a ton of tapes here. One is Hor- Horse Go Skiing. That's awesome. Yep. It's an original one. I got Rockman for the unexpanded VIC 20. Rockman? Yep. yep. Rockman. Mastertronic game. Oh, yep. Okay. Uh, I got uh, Phantom Attack, which is a, for the VIC-20 as well. Yep. I got a Checkered Flag for the ZX Spectrum. Yep. Sweet. New York Blitz for the unexpanded VIC-20. I've heard of that one. New York Blitz New York is brilliant. Blitz. Yeah. And then Bump and Spike. For the conversation spike, which I thought was relevant for you guys because you do a lot of volleyball. Volleyball, <laughs> yeah, of volleyball. There you go. Dude, volleyball. that is awesome. Thanks, and Tim. This is so bump, cool. Pump set spike has got an awesome um, Rod Hubbard tune on it as well. It's really good. 
There you go. It's worth loading up just for that. Mm-hmm. All right. Which is probably what Tim does. I know Tim. He he loads it, enjoys the loading screen, switches <laughs> over, listens to the title screen music, then shuts it off 20 minutes later. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to open up Cody's here. Here we go. Yeah. What have we got Long, in there? long distance present. This is my first uh, present of the year. <laughs> and I get to open it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this beer keeps going down, Eric. I'm not. I think this whole bottle is going to go through me before we're done with Tim tonight. That's good. That's a good thing. All right. So you got a Commodore user. Nice. Oh, a newer retro game. Now I didn't know whether you had this one, Cody, or not. Have you got the Sonic Two one? I don't recognize it. No. It's okay, still in good. the shrink and everything. So there's one there for you. Awesome. A Crash ZX. I'll double check it. Nice. Yep. Crash Magazine. No, a, oh, and you got a. It's not a cover disc. What is that? It's just like um, it's a cheat card. It's, yeah, it's like card. a cheat card, a trader card, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. For on the Commodore user. And then a your nice. Sinclair. Yes. With look, 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 what's on the oh, front? Oh yeah, yeah. Look at this. That is the an original. Um, what they call like a shelf dangler. So yeah. at the top, you can twist it over, and it's got like a little sticky bit on it, and then you can stick it on the corner of your shelf, and it dangles down. I thought that might go. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I've never so heard cool. of that, but yes, I will. I will put it right back over here. Now there should be. I think. Did I put in a a poster or two in there as well? Ooh, that would be nice. Was there uh, something? That- it might have got folded into one of, but yeah, you know, between the pages or something. Oh, yep, yep. So here's yep, like a yep, folded one. Yep. So if you open that out, it's like a Game Boy promotional poster. I thought that would go well in your uh, poster yeah. area downstairs. <laughs> My poster area, yes, for sure. <laughs> oh, look That's at that. Awesome. That's really cool. Mario 64, Pilot Wings, it's Nintendo 64, and Game Boy. There you go. There you go. Yep, that'll go perfect. Oh, that's cool. That is a nice little poster. I love finding those things, too, because... Every once in a while, you'll find those tucked into a game or something you didn't know you had, and you're like, yeah. man, <laughs> didn't oh, think man, of it at I've the never, time, but now I'll, I'll put it up. I've never seen one a box I promised like Cody a while ago, and I'd forgot to send it in the last package. So there Pipe Mania, yeah. Pipe Mania, yeah. but I've never seen a box like that. That is so cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we get tiny. a lot of those. Well, we had a lot a, of those. <laughs> so is that a Amiga disc? No, it's Commodore 64 tape. Okay. Yeah. Oh, tape with that box. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Hades Nebula. What is that for? That's so a shoot. Spectrum. That's Spectrum. And nice. this one, I can't read the title on here. Let's have a look. What is that? Uh, that's Arcadia. 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 Yep. No, no that's a C64? very early shooter for the Commodore 64 by Imagine. Booty. Booty. <laughs> and you can get, get the booty. My like Firebird. I've, I've actually played that. It's actually a pretty good it game. Is, it's yeah. legit. It's a good game. <laughs> Mr. Uh, or Skip's Action Biker, Clumsy uh, Colin. Yeah, that's Action Biker for the Commodore 64 in the original yellow case as well. I was going to say that actually it looks a lot like a Future was 8 uh type of case. Yep, yep, but that was original back in the day because that was color-coded to go with the KP Skips, which was the promotion, which was the bag of chips, and they were yellow okay. as well. <laughs> Here's Dandy. Cool. Ooh, yep. Dandy, D&D. Yep. <laughs> And Raging Beast. That's really good, that is. 
that's a, yeah, that's a, that's that's a bit awesome. of an odd one that is we should we should play that raging beast it's a good raging one. beast yeah i'm building up my uh my tape collection here well tim's building up my tape collection yeah I, I really appreciate that that's that's super cool now Tim, unfortunately is awesome, there is one thing that should have been in that cody which maybe you were expecting and i do apologize i completely forgot about it and that's the oh, no. <laughs> <pattern. laughs> yeah, I, just, yeah I, I thought that was the only thing i knew might be in this box yeah and it but, wasn't hey, sorry <laughs> no worries i appreciate it regardless awesome. I'll, get, I'll get it eventually i'll get it eventually i was just sat, i was sat last night thinking what am I missing? What am I missing? Oh no, I missed the CD32 pad <laughs> with the with the not quite uh, accurate direct uh, D pad on it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm hitting the bottle some more here for the 159. Good work, guys. <laughs> that stuff is good. All right, thank you, thank you so much, Tim. You yeah, are man, that is so awesome. Happy Christmas, very guys. cool. And I'll thank you in advance for my girls, but I'll make sure to get some pictures of them freaking yep. out over over the chocolate. So I'm going to set that aside for them for sure. Actually, you know what I might honestly, what I want to do with it is I'm going to put it, uh, I'll put it out on Christmas and it'll be from Tim and they'll open it on Christmas morning and they'll go nuts. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I will do the same. If I can, if I can pick it up from you, Eric, which I might, I might be able to actually. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right into catching up then. How about that? Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim. All right, so this is the part of the show where we catch up. Uh, but first thing I need to do is share my screen so that we are all literally on the same page. Here is the screen. And our first catching up item is Tim, who had an interesting discovery. Oh, I did. Mm. Now, this is something I've been wanting to try and find <laughs> for a long, long time. Um, it's very... Uh, I don't know, how can I say, British-centric, I suppose, because it's for the ZX Spectrum. Um, and it is kind of the the genesis point of, uh, like, the DIV MMC devices. Okay. So on the Spectrum, you have, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen them, the micro drives, the ZX micro drives. Weren't those, they had, they were like mechanical drives that, like, failed a lot, right? That's it. Exactly. And it's like on a, it's on a continual loop of tape, right? It's a loop tape. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. So there were, there were other peripherals based around that kind of technology. So there was a, a Rotronics did something called a wafer drive, which is another thing I'm trying to find. Um, but one of the other things that came out, uh, was, uh, something called the Opus Discovery. Opus. So this thing is huge <laughs> wow it's a box wow look at that thing that is it there so for the listeners the opus discovery is a three and a half inch single-sided disc drive for the zx spectrum really um but it has its own uh, it's it, i mean it's huge i'll just excuse the packaging i'll get it out of the box um I mean, this thing, according to the picture on the front of the box, was like twice as tall and twice as deep as the Spectrum <laughs> exactly. itself. It's, yeah. Essentially, it is like four times the size of the ZX Spectrum yeah. itself. So the, so the Specky plugs in via the interface socket here um, at the front. 
and then essentially making the spectrum itself like a cartridge for this thing exactly yeah <laughs> so the ports the ports are replicated on the sides um but you also get um like a joystick port because obviously once you've got that connector in you're not going to be able to plug in your joystick interface unless you go through the peripheral connector you get a printer port which you don't get on the spectrum um but you also get um a proper video connector as well okay um, and this comes with its own bios so it's got like its own disk operating system and all that sort of stuff um so that's really where kind of like the brains was taken from that rom to then go into the div ide and then the div mmc and all that sort of stuff so that's why i'm kind of interested in this because i want to kind of go back to the start um of where the the div mmc originally came from um but i'd always wanted one of those when i had my spectrum anyway but i mean that was like 250 quid or something like that which was way out of my league you know i i could yeah. get a commodore 64 for that <laughs> it's like no and the, just make sure listeners know the div mmc is uh, a device that you can get at the future was 8-bit by the way um the future was 8-bit.com or it's actually did they spell it all out or is it t-w-a-bit um, uh, yeah, if you, if you just do a search for Future Was 8-Bit on Google, that'll get yep, you there. That's the easiest way, I think, to do it. Yeah. But uh, it, basically, it, it allows uh, it plugs in the back of your ZX Spectrum, the British uh, uh, Wonder Computer, 48K. Um, and it allows you to not only get access to a joystick, which uh, joystick port, which the original Spectrum didn't have, but then also allows you to do a number of other things, namely loading uh SD images onto your Spectrum and playing all kinds of games. Yep, and you can also use it for um, loading games from tape. You can snapshot those onto the SD cards, <laughs> and you can also use it for poking as well. So putting poking and games. peeking. Yep, um, very cool. So the the other thing that I need to do with this is a get the darn thing working in the first place. But also, there's a company that, funnily enough, also do um, a version of the Div MMC, um, and they do a complete refurb kit and a ROM upgrade for this that you can then put in um, double-sided drives, standard double-sided drives. Um, So eventually I'll get all that sorted. But um, yeah, I I managed to pick that one up for a fairly good price. Um, And it's something I've been looking for for ages and it handy that it came in its box. Um, But yeah, so that's an interesting project for me in the future. Swinging right into projects. Um, I just wanted to talk about a handful of games I got on Steam this month. Um, <clears throat> only two of them I've had some, I, I've played a bit, uh, quite a bit. The other ones I'm just waiting till I get some time. But the first one is called Project Zomboid. Have you guys heard of this one? I have not. No. Nope. <clears throat> it is an isometric 3D zombie game, modern zombie game. So, it's kind of a survival zombie game, but I found it interesting because of the perspective. You don't often see 3D, um, you know, games like this. You know, it it it, it caught my attention, and it, it it's a lot more involved than I thought it would be. It's not a simple kind of arcade style game. It's more of a it's more of a, almost like a survival game. So you got to like when you go into a house, you can board up the windows to keep the zombies from coming in and uh, you got to find like medical stuff so that in case you get injured, um, stuff like that. So it it's it's a 
definitely has more going on than I have time for right at this moment, but I'm hoping maybe during the <laughs> Christmas break, maybe during the Christmas break, I'll have a little bit more time to mess around with it, but it's, it looks like a very interesting game. Interesting. Yep. It's got that um, nice lighting effect on it as well, isn't it? Sort of definitely, as, as yeah. you come into a building, the building lights up, but everything around it then just goes dark. Really kind spooky. of a po- point of view as yeah. well. So you can, yeah. Nice. So the other one I got, I, I rebought No Man's Sky because it was on sale for uh, in for on Steam. I I have it on Xbox One, um, but uh, I think everybody by now knows what No Man's Sky is, so we don't need to talk much about that. Um, I did get Colt Canyon, which I this is a great great little game. So if you are interested in a twin stick, uh, somewhat RPG style game. Uh, that is more of a kind of a roguelite style game. Uh, it's, this one's called Colt Canyon. And you go around as a cowboy. It's got a very stylistic um, kind of art to it. Um, it. It's more like your characters are kind of silhouettes. Um, it's like sepia-toned Western. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Like a sepia-toned Western. That's a good way to explain it. And you go around, you upgrade your weapons, you find, um, y- you know, you have limited ammo and you have to reload. Um, and you go around, you're basically, these bad guys took your partner and you have to go and find your partner. And so, I mean, the storyline is very simple, but the gameplay can be very uh, kind of hectic, kind of a, you know, kind of a chaotic twin stick shooter. So I'm having a lot of fun with this one. This one I probably put the most hours in in this list. Visually very interesting. That's cool. <clears throat> yep. So the na- the last one I think is I just bought this today. Have you guys heard of Volheim? V A L H E I M. Yep, Volheim, the kind of the kind of what is it? Uh Norse. Yeah, kind of a Norse uh Viking style game. But this one's in early access on Steam. But it is a survival game where you are a kind of a Norse Viking guy and you're going around the land and and you have to build a shelter. You have to forge weapons. You have to craft potions and things like that. But you basically are trying to stay alive long enough to face these bosses. And and I think there's five or six bosses. And when you beat those, then you get to um, ascend to, I can't remember the name of it. It's like where, you know, Valhalla, right? Valhalla, that's right. Yeah. Get to ascend to Valhalla. But this game, I mean, is getting super rave reviews and it's in early access. So it's only like 20 bucks right now. Um, it, I, I've only played it maybe a couple hours today and I, I'm loving it so far. It is fantastic. It looks very, um, even though I've never even actually played Skyrim, it looks like Skyrim aesthetically. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it is. It doesn't play like Skyrim at all, though. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Kind of aesthetically, that's what it looks like. But expect it has kind a, of a, a Witcher vibe about it as well, doesn't it? A little bit. Yep. Yep. So expect a lot more probably next month of me talking about this game because I'm just a couple of hours I played today. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Um. So yeah, awesome. Valheim. Should check it out. Cody, what do you got going on? Well, not to sever the conversation, but uh, (laughs) 
just a quick update. Um, I finished the game Severed, which I talked about on the show, and I got a lot of uh, offline comments from people who, of all the things I talked about last episode, we talked about last episode, a lot of people got really interested in that game and either downloaded it or, um, Eric, you found out that it was on the uh, the Vita. I think you gave it a shot. but Yep. I, yeah, I, I'm still playing it. Yep. I completed that. Again, it took me about eight hours. Great game. Uh, just the right amount of length, in my opinion. It was perfect. I'd love to play another game like it. Uh, also did officially finish Ori in the Blind Forest. Said I would finish that one. I was getting close. At this point, I, I completed that. Uh, probably going to wait a couple months and then try the next Ori game, The Will of the Wisps, which is supposed to be like more more better. It's uh, another beautiful Ori game, but with... Uh, it's that Metroidvania style action I just love. Um, it does a really good job of it, but excited about that. And then you, I remember I originally tried Floppy Nights that got you interested. You ended up playing a lot more than I ever did, and a couple of other people started liking it. Yep. And it, I kind of forgot about it for a while for whatever reason, so I'm full hog back into it and about halfway through the game at this point. Um, but it's got, it. I would say to people trying it, it takes about an hour to get into before you get to levels that are actually interesting at first it's just really dry until it, it's trying to teach you the game and then it gets really good so i'm in the really good part although i do skip all the story the story is just filler and it's i'm not i'm not a fan of the right <laughs> cheesy story about this this uh what's her name phoebe this girl phoebe that's battling monsters and has a robot arm i don't know it's a cool strategy game the card-based strategy game so Digging floppy nights, and uh, I'm not sure what game I want to snipe next. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, what? End of the year. The segues are what they are. <laughs> I actually completed a game. Wow. I completed a game. <laughs> I don't know whether it's an actually achievement with this game, but anyway, um, the game <laughs> that I'm talking about is Geometric Sniper on the Switch. Now, I know I think this is also on Steam. Um, I think it's by a company called Your, I think it is. Um, but this this was great fun. Um, I was just on the on the shop the other day, um, just browsing through, and I just saw this one and thought I like the art style because it's it's literally kind of like just black and white line drawn simple graphics, um, and the characters are all um, geometric shapes. So you've got like uh, people with hexagon heads, round heads, square heads, triangle heads, and that's how that was you my tell nickname these in college. People. Yeah, that's that's how you tell the characters apart. So the essentially what the game is is you are a sniper, um, and you accept certain missions to track down people around a predefined kind of like a hand drawn landscape. Um, so like the first <laughs> one you start off here is you're in a sort of like a, a, a I don't know a, like a resident downtown residential area with a bit of uh, the 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 town area the city area as well. Um, and the first, first one, you've just basically got to try and find, um, uh, the, the particular, um, character that you've got to look out for. So the first one is a, is a little character. He's got a round head wearing sunglasses and a mustache. So you've got to try and a mustache. use the, 
the site to zoom in, zoom out on throughout all the whole sort of like bit of that landscape. Um, it's, it doesn't take you too far to go from, from side to side and top to bottom. Um, and, uh, you've then got to obviously zoom in, pick him out and then shoot him, take him out. So, yeah, um, you're looking, I haven't heard you say it yet, but you're looking through like a, a, a scope. You're looking gun, through the scope. Yes, exactly scope. that. Yep. But you only get enough bullets for one shot if you see what i mean so if you've got two to take out you've only got two shots so you you've literally one shot if you don't get it then you're done basically and then you repeat the mission um but yeah this is just a a a fun fun little game um if you like that sort of thing um i know i know you quite like these games cody um for sure and uh yeah it's it's got a lot of um humor in it as well um there's also kind of like a story mode on it which is how you start the game uh the character is essentially um a a retired sniper he retired because there was some shenanigans that went on and (laughs) um someone took out his girlfriend um so he's kind of like the story based is based on trying to find out who actually did what they did if you see what i mean took out his girlfriend as this i won't give too much away but the kind of story goes on through there um and then there's another mode to the game which is what's called fine mode so you go back through the um the landscapes um through the through the towns and all that sort of thing but you've got to find um uh the little pictures of the eiffel tower <laughs> or something like that so hmm. it gives you like little symbols that you got to find around the landscape so you're sort of like scanning around the landscape trying to pick out where the where the little eiffel tower is in that landscape and then just zoom in and then shoot it and then you move on to the next level um but yeah i love this it was only only a couple of pounds um and you know it's a it's Co- a great fun game to pick up and just just play a couple of pounds for a couple of hours of fun yep yep i like it it's cool. I don't think I've ever seen an art style quite like that. No, it's this nice. It was that's what kind of drew me to it in the first place because it's very simplistic, yeah. um, and uh, effective, and it works. Mm. And also, I find sometimes on games because of me being colorblind, you've mm. got some color aspect to things, you know, where you're picking out certain things on a character and all that sort of stuff. So for me, it made it nice and simple because all I've got to do is match the shapes and the cut and the lines and the detail on the character rather than having to pick out certain colors of characters. But anyway, there we go. Yeah. Very cool. So this next one's quick too. Um, as I was testing coin ops out on my steam deck, I, fell back in love with the arcade game assault. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen the, the arcade game assault in, um, in the, in the arcades. I don't think I've ever played it in the arcades. I've only played it like on MAME. Um, I'm trying to think though, I, I have this vague memory of actually playing it in the arcade, but you know, it's been so long. I, I don't, don't quite remember, but, if I remember I correctly, that was game. a Namco game from 1988. Yep. Actually, I have no idea what this game is. I just found it online. But <clears throat> so assault tell. is you are in a tank, and it is a twin stick game. Where oh yeah 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 you've talked about this in like early Pixel Gaiden days. Yep, I did the, absolutely. The jumping tank game. It's a jumping tank, but you can roll. You can roll left and right. You can shoot and you can also like the world spins around you instead of you turning in and out of the world so 
it's almost like a mode seven effect, like the whole world spins around you. Um, but I got really far in this game because I just couldn't put it down when I, when I was just kind of s- testing out arcade games on the Steam Deck. And the funny thing is that when you ha- when you install Coin Ops on the Steam Deck, it does what it thinks is a really great mapping of the controls. And this is a game I've had on my MAME cabinet, arcade cabinet, for a long time. And I mapped the controls to the because it's a two-player MAME cabinet. I mapped the controls to the twin sticks on there, but it never felt quite right. Hmm. They did a great job, whoever did the coin ops for this game in there, because the controller itself is mapped perfectly where Hmm. the bumpers roll you left and right. So you can roll out of the way and dodge fire. Um, And the sticks are do exactly what you think they do. The move you forward, like the left one moves you back and forth. The right one turns you left and right. Um, and then you just go and you just start hunting other tanks, trying to get to the end of the level. The point of the game is to just get through the level. It's almost like a, like on rails, like it it, it guides you through an element where mm-hmm. then you got to get to the other end of the of this particular map. And but on the, in the way is a bunch of enemy tanks, et cetera, et cetera. And you can hit these little um, pads that launch you up into the air, and then you can one of the other buttons drops bombs. So you can just bomb, like strafe bomb a whole area, take out the enemies, and then you move forward and start driving towards the... It is really a hard... Like, like it can get very challenging towards the end. But for a 1988 game, this game is so awesome. I mean, it looks, it looks like a blast. so good. I've never played it. Yeah, this is... I highly recommend this game. I mean, I love it. Nice. But anyway, spend a lot of time with that. So it's assault on in the arcade. Um, another just quick update on me. I am uh, uh, putting my my ticket in the ballot for the Retro Gamer Nation Best C sixty four Games Judging for twenty twenty two again. Um, so I've been playing a whole bunch of the, uh, which I love because it forces me to play a bunch of the Commodore 64 <laughs> games I haven't touched this year, which I really needed to. Yeah. And I, I always take this really seriously. I guess some people don't as much as I do, <laughs> but I want to make sure I try every game. Um, but, uh, so I've played some really great games. Just a couple I wanted to point out. There's a game that came out by, um, on Cytronics label called Terrestrial. And it's a game... If so, I've never played a game like this. I know they existed back on the Commodore in the day, so it's very, I think, of the era. Um, and when I say it, Eric, maybe you can help me identify. But it's a game where you kind of go through. It's kind of like a war type of game, but you go through different, um, essentially, mini games. Like it might start out with um, some spaceships in the distance that are shooting at you and you have to shoot them before they reach you like their missiles before they reach you and then all of a sudden you're on the ground and now you're a um you know on foot and you're you're trying to blow up these buildings while not getting shot yourself and then you beat that part and then you move on to the next part which is like a canyon run type of game it's almost like Um, like raid over moscow yeah beachhead Beachhead, that sort of thing yeah exactly it's exactly like those two um I don't particularly love it. I think it's kind of a whole bunch of games, like okay games smashed together, but I know it's very of the era and I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I'm going to go back and try to, I played through one round, but you have to play through it three times to destroy all three generators to get to the main boss. So I think I'm going to try to beat it. 
Um, I found it interesting that somebody made a game like that nowadays. Yeah. It's very out of fashion. Um, the new Sonic game that had come out, uh, I was excited to give that one a shot, uh, but it requires some special hardware that makes the Commodore 64 like way more than a Commodore 64, I guess, to actually use it. Um, Tim, you seem like you probably have more knowledge about that thing or, or, than I do, but it, it basically bumps it up to like 512K or something, some stupid amount of memory. Uh, do you mean the actual Sonic the Hedgehog, the one that was released? Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you need the uh, Eric knows about that as well. You need the REU. Um, the REU, so if, that's it. Yeah, yep. you've got to. You, if you haven't got like the Ultimate sixty four or something like that, you need to run that on emulation um, through Vice, um, yeah. and you'll you'll be golden on that. Uh, Vice will have a configuration for it. And I might do it, but <coughs> me being the judge, I am. If I can't play it on re- real hardware, it doesn't count for me. So sorry. Um, <laughs> for better or for worse. There was one game I did want to point out as well that I didn't think I would have any interest in, but when I played it, I fell in love with it. It's a game called Mike Mech. And I don't know if we've talked about this one on the show. I don't think we have. And it looks really unassuming, uh, and I'm not going to bring it up right now to, to discuss it. But essentially, I love the game uh, Minor 2049er. It's really old and archaic, and you have this jump that doesn't arc no matter what you do. If you're jumping that direction, you're going to do that full jump. It's really hard to gauge, and it's really uh, hard to get to accurately figure out where you're going to land and what pads you need to touch to change them to light them up. But this game is essentially that uh, minor 2049er in the modern age, where it's really predictable, it's really well controlling. But I love that style of gameplay, um, where you kind of like some of uh, Juan Martinez's games, where you go around the map and you try to step on every platform on there while avoiding enemies. Um, so all I'll say is Mike Mech is a great Commodore 64 game that uh, I was not expecting too much, but fell in love with it. So Cool. Have to check that one out. Cool. Yep, and throw a few bucks his way because it's on sale. Awesome. So stuff <laughs> that was on sale recently. <laughs> yes. Um, this is just another one of my... Uh, I couldn't believe some of this stuff that came up. Uh, it's a particular auction site that I frequent. Um, Gumtree? <laughs> no, not not Gumtree no, this not time. Gumtree? No. Um, and there's a, a one particular auction house had a, a big load of stuff. Um, I'll just go some through some of these quickly. Um, if I can share my screen, go for it. I will stop sharing my screen. If I click on this, riveting radio. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see that or not? It's small, but I see it. I mean, I see. We just see a list. Oh right, okay. Uh, hang on, then. We didn't see you open the link. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We really like the radio. While, while Tim's doing that, I got to tell you, Cody, I just poured the last of this. I, I'm going to be finishing this bottle off. I didn't think I was. I'm, I haven't done that quite yet, but I'm getting there. It's interesting, though, but somehow w- while I drink it, I'm getting more and more accents of stomach acid, yeah. but not in a bad way. <laughs> it's still a uh, three French hens for me. So can you see that now? 
That is a beautiful piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> so this this isn't it, but this is this is just one. So this is a stone garden ornament of Mario, <laughs> hand painted. In other words, someone's janky piece of art went for ten pounds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he's not even red. He, he looks like he's going fishing in like a brown hat with brown shoes and some waders. It looks it like he was carved out of potato. <laughs> yeah, it says is it it's really? weathered. What do you guys want? <laughs> weathered. Anything. That's awesome. weathered. Uh, hey! So it's uh, a Telstar. Um, I got one of those right over here that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, the Coleco Telstar. This probably doesn't work either. Um, but I was, uh, that was one that went for eighty pounds. Oh man, um, that's a lot of money for something like that. Yeah, and that's the device that uh, Eric grew up with, where it plays three games. One side has a wheel, one side has a gun, and the other side is pong. I think so. Yep. Yeah. So there's a, Ooh, a Vectrex boxed. Now this was surprising. That went uh, for only two hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, it must not work. Yeah, uh, I mean I that know, controller. Man. That controller alone is worth one hundred and forty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy. So, I think this is starting to show a little bit of a downward trend in prices. Mm. If I'm honest, mm. some some of this stuff surprised me for what it didn't go for, right? Um, and some did go for some big money. So there was a Sega Nomad Ooh. fully boxed with some oh, games. Neat. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Sega Nomad, which is essentially a portable Genesis. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six-button controller built in, had a few games with it. That went for £320. That's kind of a spicy meatball for that. Yeah. Yep. That, that yeah. sounds about right, though. Yeah. That's boxed. Yeah. That's a lot. Though. Yeah. Uh, there's an SNK Pocket Neo Geo fully boxed with Sonic. Uh, yeah, that went for price. 85 and I thought that was pretty much a bargain. Because I think Sonic, that would probably go 40, 45 anyway. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was nice. That's not a bad price. Yeah. Uh, Next up, lovely ColecoVision. Oh, that's got everything. There's a DR there. VCS, the trackball and everything. 130 pounds. That's got everything. Because that's got the Atari 2600 adapter right there. The steering wheel, a bunch of carts. Um, That's got everything. Yeah, I want to know what the shipping is on though. That I bet the shipping's like four hundred pounds. Well, not only that, you pay about another thirty-five percent on top of that for the hammer price as well. So, well, there you go. Now this stuff's starting to make more sense. Yeah, but even so, you have to pay still- MC Hammer to get these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hammer time. Can't touch <laughs> this. Once you pay thirty-five bucks. <laughs> um, so it's in a fifty-two hundred. But what's missing from that fifty-two hundred, guys? The broken controllers. The controllers, yep. It still <laughs> yeah. went for 110 without the controllers. Hmm. Um, good luck to whoever bought they that. Didn't, I, can, I, I can tell you right now, they didn't work anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there we go. A Ooh, that's a good. Jaguar. That's about on the money. <sighs> 220 <laughs> quid. <laughs> so, what do you think is going to be the? What do you think is going to be the most expensive item in this auction? I bet you'll be quite surprised. Really? Well, then I'm going to get it wrong. Yeah, I would. I'd say a Neo Geo. Oh, <laughs> the CD, the CD add-on. Wow! Oh, no, I've looked into the Jaguar. CD add-on. Yeah, I looked into the CD, CD add-on. add-on. Seven hundred pounds that went for. That's about accurate. That's about what the, I, I've I've looked into them, and I that's yeah, it's too much Crazy. even for me to try to complete a collection. That's that's nuts. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Have you guys seen this before? 
an original <laughs> PlayStation 2 Capcom yep. Resident Evil 4 limited edition chainsaw controller. <laughs> wow. I've, heard, I've, I've, never heard se- I've never seen one, no. I've heard it's, um, it doesn't play well. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great. It doesn't play well. No. Um, so that went for £85. And last on the list is something that I know Cody's mentioned, I've mentioned recently, and I had my eye on this one, but again, it went for too much for me, which was a boxed, boxed multi-mega, which essentially is the CDX in America, um, which is the Mega Drive, um, Mega CD, all built in one with Road Avenger and all that sort of stuff. £580 that went for, which sounds a lot, but actually that wasn't too bad a price. Um, I've I've yeah. seen those change hands for in a box upwards for about eight nine hundred pounds, so that wasn't too bad. Just get an XI, right, Eric? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. So there we go. That's a quick, very cool. Uh, those are cool. Through that auction. Yeah, that's just a very small snippet of that auction. Someone might say it's just a Pico. A Pico. I don't know. <laughs> No, that's a hard transition. We we had a peek at the auction. <laughs> there we go. So I, I did some more Pico 8 action, um, as I have been doing a lot lately. Um, and the first one I'll talk about is kind of an old game, but a new port is Pango. I never really played a lot of Pango, but there is an excellent port for Pico 8 of Pango. Um, I don't know if you guys are fans of Pango, but um, I played this and I, I got strangely, I got really into it. And this is by um, kind of an infamous guy making Pico Eight games. I think his name's P Hammond or something like that. But this is an excellent Pango port. And so, you know, I probably played this for a good hour. Um, I'm I'm really good at this game. Are you really? <laughs> no, you just saw me oh, play. Oh, the, that's right. I'm You're playing, playing the Pico this Eight game right now. Playing it again I, as we feed. I ran right into a bad guy and died. I've never played Pingo. I have no idea what I'm doing. But you it's can a push maze the game. blocks. So try to push the blocks into the little the little dudes. Come, come, little dude. They're eating my blocks, Eric. They're eating my blocks. That's right. See, you should have pushed that oh. block down. Squash I'm pressing him. buttons. It's not working. Yeah. All right. But anyway, Pango, I, it's a fun one. There it, it is. It, it's, it's a lot harder than I remembered, but it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, the other ones, and I do want you to look this one up, Cody, because it's actually pretty cool. It's called Tonic Solace. And it is a shoot 'em up style game, but it has kind of some interesting mechanics to it. Um, I'm going to wait for Cody to bring this up. It kind of has that, remember we were talking about Guanj- Guangay or Guanjay? I just say Gawain. Gawain, yeah. yep. Gawain is another way. This one kind of has the Shikigami kind of deal where you can get these weapons that kind of move left and right and you can control kind yeah, of waves fast. of weapons. This one is kind of a crazy shoot 'em up and it is very hectic and a very difficult one, but it is a bullet hell in every sense of the word. Oh, like there'll be tons of bullets on the, on the screen at one time. Um, but it's an it, you know, I, I love shmups, so I could never get enough of them on Pico 8. Um, in, so give the amount of time, it, in the amount of time it took you to talk, uh, I already played, died three times, then ended my game and started a new game. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's how good I am. I would suggest a controller rather than the keyboard controller. Oh, look at that power up. There we go. Yep. That's the one power. I was talking about. This kind of like a, this, this awesome wave of energy that you can shoot out of your ship and just kind of wipe everything off on the screen. 
So nice. anyway, that that's pretty cool. And then the second one is one I've been playing for actually a few weeks now. It's called Star Sucker. There are bugs. <laughs> <laughs> weird, weird names. All right. Um, Star Sucker. There are bugs for Pico Eight. Um, this one does have a really interesting mechanic um, in that. And I think I might have talked about this a little bit on um, a previous show. You basically, it's a shmup. So you're firing up and you're, you're hitting guys and they're shooting back at you. And then they'll drop cherries down the screen and you can collect the cherries. And if you collect 10, you get an extra life. But if you hit the other button on the Pico 8, you can fire like a, a super energy weapon, but it uses up all the cherries. So let's say you have six cherries, but you have to use it. You ju- you can use it and just use the super weapon and it kills that kills a bunch of things on the screen. But so there's kind of this risk reward thing in trying <laughs> to um, either get an extra man or use the secret weapon. So it's a cool balance, but you guys should check it out when you can. I saw that you were having a tough time trying to find that one. Yeah, it's hard Cody. to Google that one, but yeah, pop onto Lexa life, Pico wait and, and pull it up. I'll give that a shot later. Yep. But Star that Sucker. one really is a great little shoot 'em up and it's got very cool mechanics. So give that one a shot um, and play it at a desk. If you can, especially if you have a new desk. Oh, guess who else has a new desk, Eric? Do you have a new desk? Who's got two thumbs and a new desk? This, this guy. guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's funny. It's really not the most exciting mm-hmm. news story in the in the world here, but uh, basically, it, I mentioned it before on the show. Having this, you know, a, a, a embarrassment of riches here, but this blessing of having a, a whole house dedicated to my hobbies, and my gaming over here, is great. No complaints. Love it. However, there is the one downside, which is when I'm done with the day of work, I go back to my my house house where my family lives and it's hard to like find a reason or find uh, a willingness to leave them to come back over here to play games so i decided you know what i want to get to some of the gaming i want to play some of the games for the show the best way to do that is right here on, on this bed where my wife and i you know fall asleep uh, right next to me, I'm gonna. I, there's this little space. It's exactly 31 inches wide. And went on Amazon, found a, the cheapest, junkiest uh, desk that would fit in that slot. Um, put that desk in there. Bought a mount for a monitor. Made sure it was rotating so I can go vertical if I want. If I can tate it, and put a monitor up there. And uh, now I've the, so far, I, it's only been up for a couple of days. And I plugged my Spectrum Next into it. So I'm getting some Spectrum Next gaming in, which I haven't done for a long, long time because I never make time to do it. But now it's right next to my bed. And the goal is I'll be able to also plug in my um, Evercade there when I want. Anything with an HDMI, I'll be able to plug in. So uh, I'm just excited about doing that. And the first thing I did on my Spectrum, besides try a bunch of games, was I loaded up that game we talked about a few times, that Tanabra game. Yeah. With the lights. Yep. And man, it's a great game. I went ahead and I, I kind of fell in love with it and played through all 30 levels and, and beat it in one night. Um, but that was great. It was just, it's a perfect kind of game to sit there uh, with no responsibilities and just kind of go through it. And every time I beat a level, you know, you get out the little piece of paper and write down the new code in case you have to quit and come back with the code. So good times and, and possibilities for, for more and more gaming now that I have it right there next to my bed. 
I'm so proud of you because now I, I, I want you to start taking more real estate from the main house. So that soon it will be two houses and then you'll move your family into another house down the street and you'll have two my wife, houses and you're my just going to keep. My wife may never listen to this episode because yeah, she made, <laughs> she made that point. She's like, it's going to grow. Don't let it grow. Exactly. Like, it's not going to grow. Got to keep it still. <laughs> keep it, keep it simple. Yep. Keep it simple. That's not really a retro topic, but uh, Tim, you also have a non-retro topic. I do. Yes. Um, I was out running and, uh, it was uh, it's just started raining so i had to cut my run short and i was just running back on my regular route um and i uh, i sort of like just peered over to one side and on the side <laughs> of the road was a sony hi-fi system it just left awesome. out in the pouring rain and i'm oh, like oh man that's so bad it's just so bad <laughs> Yeah, this the the CD player on the top, and then the, the like a little hi-fi stack and all that proper retro twin tapes, the whole the whole nine yards. It's like so, early nineties retro. Yeah, yeah, proper nineties gotcha, gotcha. retro hi-fi. So I thought, okay, it's raining, but I'll I'll throw some uh, cloths down in the back of my car, just run back, drive back, and pick this thing up. Um, left it for a while, let it all dry out. Um, and the first thing I had a look at was the CD player. Um, and here is said CD player. Uh, oh, so wow. Look at that. Like a Holy proper crap. nice uh, Sony CD player. Yeah, um, it almost looks like a 3DO. Yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's actually got the individual track selector as well, which is really nice. Um, Did you it, test it? Yeah, it all works absolutely fine. I, I just dried cool. it out. Um, yeah, people throwing out perfectly good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it all, <laughs> that all works fine. Um, the the actual hi-fi unit is behind me, still in bits. Um, the, the actual hi-fi itself, the the, the stack, all mm-hmm. works. It's what? dried out. It's all fine. Um, the only problem that I've got with it is the tape decks, unfortunately. Uh, they don't yeah. work. They, they 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 don't work. There is power getting down onto the board because I've tested it with a multimeter, so it's coming down. It's getting the correct voltages. So I think it might be because there's one DC direct drive motor between the two. Um, so it could be um, there is voltages going into the motor as well. So I've checked that. So maybe the motor itself is broken or what. I don't know. Um, the drive belts are all hosed as well, but I would have expected to hear some spinning from the motor. So. Um, I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll get round to it at some stage. But anyway, it's worth it just for the CD player, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah, there we go. I, I rescued that from 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 doom. So I was quite pleased. That's about way that. cool. That is absolutely uh, free to do, which is amazing. Here, I'm going to stop sharing so you can see my screen a little bit more here. Yeah. So. On our notes here, we kind of said that that Tim, Tim wrote down, it's not retro gaming related, but it's retro, right? I also have a non-retro gaming find. My amazing wife uh, was looking on the local classifieds kind of a thing and sent this over to me. And she's like, Cody, I have no idea what these are, but they look like something you'd want. And I'm like, okay, what are these? And I see these things and I'd never had any interest or thought about it. But as soon as I saw these things... For, for the price, I'm like, there's no way that those that that uh, that that isn't a screaming deal. So I'll show you what I got here, and I'll see if you guys can recognize what these are. Give me one second to go off mic. Yep. 
So Cody's reaching behind him. It's picking. It's a. a, a ooh. Yep. I oh, know what it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this right here is the. Apparently, I've done some research on it, and now that I know more about it, this is the classic uh, mid to late '90s. Um, it's an Akai Professional Sampler. Yep. MPC 2000XL. Apparently, this was like the unit that. Like almost all the hip hop and a lot of the techno you ever heard on the radio for like 15 years from the early mid 90s to like 20, 2008 was made on this device right here. Like this yep. was the workhorse. Um, I got it for a hundred bucks. Wow. That's a good <laughs> nice. deal. And uh, opened it up and cleaned it up. But <clears throat> the guy, everything works on it. He said the one thing that does, he th- says doesn't work, and I don't know if he's even tested it, is the floppy disk. There's a yep. floppy disk right in the front. Um, but realistically, if somebody, people are using these still, but they replace that with, um, a GoTech. Uh, not a GoTech. No, they actually use it. Uh, um, there's a SD solution basically. Mm-hmm. So they can put gigabytes in here rather than 1.4 megabytes. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but if you're not looking at this thing, you know, it's got a big wheel on the front, nice big beige, nice, uh, screen here, dot matrix screen that tilts forward and it's got this 16 pads. So you're, you know, you're. And then you, uh, I mean, I don't know how many, how many thousands of songs that you've heard on the radio were made with this thing right here. Uh, there's some, obviously there's competitive units as well, but this was one of the big names. Um, so you're going to get that hooked up and use that for your sound effect generator then? You can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, I, I was watching some videos of guys taking a record player and grabbing some samples and cutting them up and adding beats. I'm like, man, that... And they do it in just a few seconds. Like they're yeah. running around, hitting all these buttons, flipping this dial. It's pretty impressive. But um, you know, I, got, I picked it up for a hundred bucks. I did have to buy this. This uh, slider was broken, so I had mm-hmm. to pay fourteen dollars. And I soldered a new slider in, um, cleaned it up a bit. That's about it. But the going rate on these things is six to eight hundred right now. But that's not all I got. Woohoo! Got another similar looking device. That I do. Yeah. So this is another one. This is an Akai MPC-1000. And smaller, more compact. You can tell this one was a little later because it actually has a um, uh, that's, um, compact splash yeah. cart yeah. in the mm-hmm. front. Um, but yeah, still got the wheels. Got a lot of the same stuff. Um, and these things go for like three, 400 bucks. So I like the color. This one's like bright blue with red. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I don't so, have a reason to keep both of them. Yeah. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. But uh, this one, same thing. It was missing a couple of dials. Just parts I just popped on, really. Um, everything else works perfectly. And when I booted it up, I, I knew online looking up that they come with a certain amount of RAM, but you want to upgrade them to 128. This already has that upgrade. So there we go. A bunch of really cool uh, nice. those are beat legit. samplers. I like those. <laughs> those are really cool. Like way back in the day, I had an Akai sampler, but I don't remember the model number. But I, I got a lot of really great use out of it because, you know, those have MIDI and everything on them, too. So you can trigger them from a sequencer. You can sample things. You can I, there, there's just so many possibilities on those. Those are really cool. Yeah. Stoked nice. about it. And you know me, I'm going to sell one of them and uh, make my money back and then end up with some more retro gaming fund money plus a sampler to play with. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so I picked up one of these. 
Yeah, what what did you 8-bit do, Eric? So I got an 8-bit do <laughs> ultimate controller. So here's the here it is. Nice. Um there are some very cool things about this one. This one is the there was the reason I picked this up is that somebody had mentioned online that they were on sale. And so like I jumped on Amazon, sure enough there was like I think 10 bucks off of this cuz I think they're normally $79, which is kind of a pretty penny. But for a controller, but it comes with this little docking station. Yeah, so you can just drop it on there. So that you can just drop this on, on well, I'm doing this backwards, but you can just drop this on there like that. And it charges, turns it off and charges it, which is pretty cool. Uh, but this is has 2.4 and Bluetooth connector. So there's a switch on the back nice. that switches it. So the dongle for the 2.4, though, actually conveniently sits in the the house the housing of the of the thing you can see the dongle in there oh yeah yeah um so that you don't lose it you can just store it in there and you can plug it into your pc or mac or whatever and use 2.4 which is supposed to be much better lag than connecting it to bluetooth but this one will also connect to your switch via bluetooth so that if you if you want to just use it as a switch controller just like the pro controller um the one thing I really like about this thing, though, is that the back, I know there's two paddle buttons on the back, which I think is really neat, but it it's textured in the back, which sounds like an odd thing to really care about. But when you're holding the controller for a long amount of time, if it's slick back there, you know, it's a little harder to grip the controller, but because it's textured, it, 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 it just feels better in hand. Feels you know what right. I mean? Um, and this one is supposed to be like, I don't know much about this, but the joy, the, the sticks themselves are, have some kind of magnet in the, in them to make them not drift. I don't know what that means. It's like some kind of hall effect or something. I don't really, it's a a hall sensor. Yeah. The hall sensor in there. So it's supposed to like prevent from drifting. Yeah. It's a, so I guess the standard ones that drift are typically just like, you know, very small amounts of dirt and dust get in there and basically yeah. get rid of the electrical signal and make it have errors where the hall sensor, you can't, <clears throat> that it can't happen. Yeah. So this, this has that, which kind of is why this is a little more pricey than your standard controller. So it's the 8-bit Doe Ultimate Controller. So I'm, I've been playing with it, using it on different systems and... I've been really enjoying it so far. It one nice. one kind of bummer thing is it doesn't work on my Mister for some reason. Like it just doesn't work. So <laughs> I need to figure that out. But otherwise, it's been a nice controller. Nice. Yep. Just a couple more items here, including uh, Tim and his daughter getting together to do some gaming, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, well, after listening to the most recent episode, ninety six. Um, you guys were talking about that you'd both picked up, I think the, or I know Co- uh, Eric, I think you were going to pick up the latest expansion pack for Mario Kart. And I did once Cody told me that you can buy it separately than doing the, uh, doing the like online, like doing the enhanced online subscription yep. for Nintendo. That's one way to get the extra tracks. Yeah. I didn't, exactly. I just went and bought the. Bought the, the whole kit caboodle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's the same, same as I did. I think it was about 20, 22 pounds here or something like that. Yep. Um, so yeah, picked that up and, uh, we had some friends over at the weekend. Uh, so their kids were playing on it as well. Um, so yeah, we had, had some good fun testing out some of the new levels. Um, 
and uh yeah Danica and I have been been sneaking a few games in on it as well um they seem to have brought a load of tracks over from um from the traditional um different versions as well and then they've brought in yep. some new tracks which is like we and ds and yeah yep and they've they've also brought some new ones which is like a tour isn't it so you start off in paris i think it is and then you've got london yeah. and sydney and tokyo and those are those are legit tracks those are great fun uh, i've enjoyed playing some, on some yeah they of those. change so every time you do a new lap they're different that's it yeah it's really yeah. cool yeah, very good. And if you haven't done it yet, we finally did do it, and I highly suggest it. But if you play a like one one time race, um, you're now allowed to go ahead and change which power ups are available to you. Yes, and just pick obscene things. We yeah. did only bullet bills, and <laughs> it was just constantly like just craziness, and people screaming and freaking out, and then getting excited, then ending up in last, and hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to be doing that. We've just been playing sort of like some two player matches and all that sort of stuff. And you can check, you've always been, I think you've always been able to choose the items in those ones, but, uh, I don't think you've been able to choose it in Grand Prix or whatever, have you? Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, it's good fun. The last catching up item is me. Um, so I was down in Sacramento and I was actually kind of cool because, I was reached out to to my old board gaming group, which I hadn't talked to those guys in like three and a half years. Um, I we kind of fell off before the end of before COVID started, but um, also all the way through COVID. So when I was reached out by Tony over there, uh, who hopefully is listening to the show still, um, we we got back together and met up at a board game shop there in in Elk Grove, which is new. Great shop, by the way, Eric, if you want to check that one out. I can't remember the name of it, but it's over there by the Fish and Chips place off Elk Grove Boulevard. It's called Hobby Quest. Hobby Quest. There you go. Yep. Um, I've been there. And if, yeah, I know. It's great. And we, we, we met up for board game night and, and got to play some games together and catch up, and it was good times. But I got there early, and I had 40 minutes to kill. So I'm like, you know what's literally right around the corner? Legacy Toys and Games. And I have not been to their new location yet, Eric. So oh, I, cool. I popped in there. I popped in there and um, was checking out our, our uh, his name always escapes me, but our, our homeboy wasn't, Glenn, thank you. Glenn. He was, uh, he was not in the front. I think he was uh, in the back trying to get out of there, so I didn't bug him too much, but um, the guy in the front and I were talking a little bit. You know, they have a ton of pop figures and some other cool stuff in there, though. Um, and uh, and I, I asked the question you and I like to ask, which is, all right, what do you got behind the what, behind the counter? Like, yeah. what's, what's in the back? Um, unfortunately, nothing amazing this time. Nothing I don't have, but I couldn't stop myself. They did have a somebody had turned in an Atari four hundred oh, with the with the yeah. original flat keys. Yeah, which um, which mine I do have one already, but I have the upgraded keyboard with mechanical keyboard. This is the original flat keys, and it included uh, looked like brand new eight ten the the cassette player. Yeah, for for the Atari, which I do not have, and uh, asked that you know you know ask for for what they want to get you know sell it for because they don't sell that stuff in the showroom. It's kind of too archaic. Yeah, uh, got got a great deal and brought it home just because I wanted to bring something oh, home and give, man, give that's them my fantastic. money. That's nice. <laughs> so so Thanks I've got to- I've got that sitting here behind me. So uh, it sounds almost like you you wanted a four hundred, Eric. No, 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 oh, okay. I, no, no, no. I just like, all oh, right. I'm glad you got it. I think that's really cool. 
Well, if you want one, I got one. I didn't think you had one yet. I know you had an 800 XL, but I do. I, and I have also have the XEGS, which is pretty much an 800 as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, that ends our catching up segment, which means it's time for us to go ahead and get our thumbs ready. <laughs> so we can battle some systems. Battle of the Systems! <laughs> and Eric, go ahead and remind us what the battle is today. Sure. First, I'm going to say, uh, Doug, cheers, because I'm, I've am i almost finished this entire bottle, which is disgusting. This is, this is the end of my bottle right here. We're about the same yeah. exact spot now. I am ashamed of myself that we're finishing this entire <laughs> freaking bottle. I went through a bottle of beer. Everyone's like, wait, one bottle, that's it? I'm like, no, no. Like no, a bottle. Tim. Tim, look at this bottle, man. <laughs> bottle of beer. It is drained. <laughs> I'm pretty much almost done. But anyway, so the two system the two games we're playing today <clears throat> is Nom 1975, which was on the Neo Geo arcade. So AES and the MVS system is all and also the home system, the AES. Um versus Operation Wolf on the PC engine. And um, Tim, did you grab us the hard stats this time? <clears throat> I have. Perfect. And I've even devised a rating system if you want to use that or if Ooh, you want to yes, still please. Use Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay. So as uh, Eric alluded, we have uh, NAM 1975 and Operation Wolf. Um, so the rating system is in 1962, Richard Jordan Gatling invented a multi-barreled rotating operated uh, gun by operated a hand crank so you could fire up to 200 rounds a minute 200. so each game is going to be rated at 200 rounds 200 <laughs> nice. rounds the minigun the first minigun right yeah um i like it so first up um i've i've just put here whatever what older you guys want to go in but the first game i've put up is operation wolf sure that works yep um so, as as the title suggests, this is Operation Wolf. Most people will know it from the arcade, um, but it also came out on a, a ton of different systems. Um, this particular version was published by um, NEC, uh, being on uh, the PC Engine, um, and Tato, who produced the actual game. Uh, it was published in 1990, um, and on the PC Engine platform itself it only ever came out in japan it didn't come out on the turbo graphics 16 um it's a rail shooter you can have up to two players um the blurb on the box is uh, you have been recruited for operation wolf a desperate attempt to recruit prisoners from the enemy uh, through a series of missions you'll engage in a variety a variety of enemies from soldiers to ninjas patrol boats to helicopters and more can you carry the day? Uh, so the gameplay is you've got to shoot your way through six levels. Uh, along the way, you can shoot extra rockets uh, to collect those, uh, magazines to replenish bullets. You can shoot a uh, like a little bottle with a P on the logo, uh, P on there. Um, not bottle. like our wine, <laughs> not like our beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and shooting that will replenish some health. Um, and shooting free 
as it is a little word that says free, F-R-E-E, uh, will allow you to uh, be able to shoot as much as you want and not lose any ammo. Um, I think that, however, affects your scoring accuracy at the end if you if you kind of like go nuts with the free. But anyway, um, uh, you must shoot the enemies, but also avoiding shooting innocents. If you shoot them, it will deplete your life bar. Um, you also get one continue per game on the PC Engine version. Um, you restart at the beginning of the level um, where you left off and your ammo and lives are reset. That's the skinny on Operation Wolf. Uh, what do you guys think of it? Well, first, real quick, so I want to. I, I, so I picked these ones, and I picked it for a couple of reasons. First of all, I wanted to play something that we haven't played ever before, which is this reticle-based, um, like light gun shooter, but with no light gun. Right, you're moving the reticle around the screen, kind of on rails thing. I also wanted to play a Neo Geo game because I have my Neo Geo sitting out here and I'm just like, I selfishly want to play a Neo Geo game. So that's why I picked a NOM. I'm curious, um, uh, we'll talk about that one later. I'm curious how you guys played it and if that makes any difference to your rating. But um, I chose this one because I was trying to find a game to play up against NOM. And the other, the biggest game I could think of in this category would be Operation Wolf, which of course was also an arcade game such as uh, just like the the Neo Geo game. Um, but when I I was looking through a game, a, a magazine of Retro Gamer, and they listed like 12 different home versions of this game, many of them were awful. Um, but the cream of the crop seemed to be the TurboGrafx version. So I wanted to go with that. I only then realized that the TurboGrafx version was never released in the Western world. <laughs> yeah. And so there's... You know, it's not really a language barrier per se, but for what little text there is, is obviously in Japanese and not understandable without uh, looking at the arcade version and trying to figure out what you're clicking on. But um, that's kind of where I came up with, with these two here. But Operation Wolf is a game that when I was a kid, I did see it in the arcade with the with the guns on it and everything. Yep. And I believe they weren't actually light guns. I think they were mechanical. So they still just moved the reticle around the screen. Um although it gave you the illusion that it was kind of a light gun, it was actually a mechanical solution, uh, which probably made sense because it probably uh, was a lot more robust than a, a light gun would be in, in the arcades for, for the, you know, the guys maintaining machines. Um, so anyways, I, I thought, you know, big, big chunky sprites, um, fairly smooth scrolling. It looked pretty arcade accurate to me. Um, gameplay is really straightforward. Um, you've got these, these guys that pop in and you shoot them. That is, that is the game. The, the one thing <laughs> is that there's these nurses that run through. You don't want to shoot the civilians no. or the medics. Um, and like right there, we see a random like vulture running through that, you know, gives you power ups and extra weapons and things like that. Uh, but it's just kind of, I, I guess this would be the, uh, in baseball, they call it the Mendoza line, right? Have you heard of that term, the Mendoza line? I have. Um, which is kind of just like, this is the one baseball player right in the middle that has the most average stats out of the whole league. So this yep. is kind of the Mendoza line for, I would say it's from Mendoza line for a good reticle-based shooter. Right. Um, so for me, really, this this is my first time actually digging into Operation Wolf and getting to play it for a while. Um, you do get to pick four different levels to start with. You have to play through all four of them eventually. Um 
but I remember why. So why is that girl running through with a bikini? Hey, just leave her alone. Let her do a thing, man. <laughs> Let her do we're a literally, thing. <laughs> we're literally in like the, what appears to be the Vietnamese jungle here. There's people running around shooting at us and chickens on the ground. And there's like thatch roofed huts and uh, just random blonde white girl with a bikini just runs through the scene. I have yeah. no idea why. I'm not going to um, judge her. She's got to do what she's got to do. <laughs> um, so anyways, that's my initial take, Eric. What, how did how'd the gameplay go for you? So the gameplay was 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 fine. <clears throat> Excuse me. The couple of things I want to point out. One of my favorite things about this one is that when you die, it says, you dead. You dead. <laughs> I love that. Um, it just says, you dead. You dead. Like yeah. right in the little window down there. And I think that's great. Um, the other thing is, yeah, yeah. So there's these... For, I remember texting you like when you picked this, and I was like, dude, do you know this is in Japanese? And it really doesn't stop you from playing the game. But in the beginning, there's four panels, and those show you the four levels, and you can go do them in any order you want. But there's Japanese writing in there, and I was like, oh, what did he say? You know, And then eventually, it doesn't really matter what it says. What the four panels do is that they start at different levels, and you have a different loadout. So you have different number of bullets, number of grenades, et cetera, et cetera. So every level has a different loadout in the beginning. Um, I did find it interesting that the Nintendo and Master System are actual light gun versions. So Mm -hmm. you actually can use your zapper or whatever the the one for the Master System has a name to it, but I don't remember the name of it. Um, Light phaser. Yeah. So you can use those on those versions. And you get the feeling when you play this that this really was designed to have a light gun, whether it was mechanically controlled or not. Um, I know that some of the 8-bit versions of this game, like on the Commodore 64, can use the mouse. Um, You know, having mouse control might make a difference. Um, But I I enjoyed this one. I, I mean, I did get... I was able to... In one sitting, I didn't beat all four levels, but I beat every level in different sittings, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't have the patience to sit through the whole game. Usually cause I, I, I'd play them in smaller windows. Um, but I had fun with it. I thought it was a really nice little, uh, shooter game. I, you, I mean, you're right. This is kind of the midline, what you rate everything else. There's worse ones, there's better ones, but this one's kind of right in the middle. Yeah, if you want to, it wouldn't be the gold standard. This would be like the copper standard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Operation Wolf. Everyone knows it. Now, so, one yeah. of the reasons why I thought Cody was picking this one mm-hmm. is because on one of the jungle levels, you get a little guy that runs across and he looks just like Paperboy. And I thought that's probably <laughs> why Cody likes this because he gets a chance to take out Paperboy. To so take him out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't have anything against Paperboy, the character. I have a he has to he has to do some ridiculous stuff in that neighborhood to survive. You know, he does. It's the game. It's the game, not the not the man. So, oh, yeah. all right, two hundred minigun bullets, Tim. Let's. I'm gonna let you start with this one. Okay, um, Operation Wolf. Like we said, it's kind of like the 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 one to base things off it's the comparison point or datum point or whatever it was you want to uh term it as um i'm gonna give this one uh let's go with 
145. All right, all right. Yeah, I was thinking 150 would be the complete average C, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so actually playing this game, again, it's one of these games I always saw as a kid in the arcades. I never went and played it because it didn't appeal to me. And uh, the gameplay is fast and frantic and arcadey and repetitive. Yes. Um, so I, I have a, I can't say it's not entertaining, but in long doses, Eric, kind of to your point, it eh, okay. I'm gonna get. I'll give it a one 141 uh, minigun bullets, minigun rounds. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it right. I mean, I'm right in the ballpark with you guys. I, I enjoyed it. Um, for this type of game, it's a little rudimentary. So I, I think I'm going to give it right about one th- 135. There we go. So I think we're all kind of in the same wheelhouse there. Now, real quick, before we get into too many of the details in this next one, I am curious how you guys played 1975, NAM 1975. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start there, Tim? How did you play that one? <clears throat> I played it with my uh, Raspberry Pi 400. Yeah, I played it on the Mister with uh, arcade my eight bit do arcade stick. Okay, and the Mister has an excellent version of this. I mean, it plays perfectly. What controller did you use, Tim? Um, I used a PlayStation Three controller. Interesting, interesting. Mm -hmm. So you guys both did the uh, had the modern dual stick type controllers. No, yeah, nope. I used my eight bit do arcade stick. Oh, the actual stick. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Yes. It's so heavy. A, I can't control it, but this one, I did it with yep. this one. Yeah, yeah. It's a very Neo Geo looking controller, realistically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. All right, Tim, what are the raw deets on this one? Okay. Uh, so the title, uh, obviously, is NAM 1975. Uh, publisher was SNK. Um, the year was the same year, actually, uh, 1990 on this one. And it came out on the AES and the MVS, so the home and the uh, arcade system. Now, the game type, I don't know how you would describe this one, Cody, but there's (laughs) different types of description. So I've put, it's an into-the-screen gallery-style shooter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's the same as Operation Wolf. With one major tweak, and that, and you, I'm sure you'll get into it, but you can control the character himself. Yes, yeah, as that's well. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you can have up to two players on this one. Uh, the game publishes intro. Um, the roar of the helicopters overhead snaps us back to reality. We will never forget the nightmare of that summer. Uh, these were the phrases that started the story of Silver and Brown, which I'm guessing are the two characters, the two soldiers. Um, yeah. They were recalled back to HQ in the summer of 1975 during the final months of the Vietnam War in order to rescue ex-US Army scientist Dr. R. Muckley, who was kidnapped and presumably imprisoned in the interior of the Vietnam Northside Terrorists. Those are those two scary dudes that I sent a picture of the other day (laughs) Um, as part of the organized unit. The team proceeds with the mission by going up the Yan River on a boat in order to deceive the enemy guard, but their operations are quickly sighted by the terrorists. Um, So the controls on this one, um, you've got uh, 
so obviously like the traditional style Neo Geo controller, which is the joystick, um, you've got four buttons. Uh, so button A fires the weapon, button B is the special weapon. So that's the, uh, what's it like? Grenades. A, the grenades and things that you can pick up. Um, button C, if you hold and move left and right, you can run. Um, and then button D evades the shots by, um, holding that and then down left and down right, I think it is. Um, D so that's is kind of like, <laughs> yeah, ducking out of the way. Um, the gameplay is you shoot your way through six levels, similar to Operation Wolf. Uh, one or two players take control of, uh, two machine gun varying, uh, carrying Vietnam vets, um, who must shoot their way through a number of sideways scrolling, uh, Vietnam themed levels. Um, the players shoot into the screen and aiming is achieved via the on-screen target, um, which each player, each player directs, uh, to lock onto the various enemy troops and vehicles. Uh, players can run and somersault to avoid the incoming enemy fire. Uh, there are several pickups in this. So you've got the grenades, uh, special grenades. Um, there's a crosshair, which you can shoot and anything that you can throw shoot is now doubled. Um, but what you throw or shoot still counts as one thing when it's consumed. Um, you've got a Balkan, which is an automatic machine gun, um, a fire symbol, which gives you a fl- flamethrower. Um, and then you've got a one up, which gives you an extra life. And there's a, like a number that comes up. And if you shoot that number that get or collect it, that gives you that particular number of points there it is perfect there timing there's our homeboys tim there they are <laughs> you will die <laughs> creepy guys it's funny that you just so when you read that all off i never took the time to read the story and understand the story so i didn't understand why we're like it seems like a very traditional like we're at war in nom historical shooter and then there's these creepy like sci-fi guys that pop on the screen <laughs> Yeah, just, where I didn't the heck understand. Did they come from? <laughs> I didn't understand it, and I still kind of don't. But no. at least there's a story tying them in. But anyways, <laughs> Eric, how about your insight? Yeah, so this game takes a little bit of getting used to because if you're used to something like <laughs> Operation Wolf, <clears throat> you really do have to move left and right in this game, and to do that, you hold the C button down and move left and right. To, to confirm, just I mean, I know Tim explained it, but. Your character is a sprite in the at the very bottom of the screen, firing as you are out into the distance. So yes, you have the reticle and the game plane is just like Operation Wolf, but you've got your sprite that is moving back and forth, left and right, among the bottom of the screen. And when enemies are shooting at you, you're dodging that stuff while using the reticle to shoot everything on the screen at the same time. Yep. And one thing you really got to become proficient in is especially with the bosses like the one that you we're we're seeing on the screen right here is that you have to learn how to somersault because when you somersault you are um invincible for while you're doing the somersault so if a big wave of bullets is coming your way that seems like well there's no way i could dodge these you have to do the somersault and you just right just like in real life just like in real life exactly i have a lot of beer and i start doing somersaults i feel invincible exactly (laughs) Um, so you have to man- master the movement here and it, I'll, I'll admit it took me two or three games before it started to feel somewhat natural. Somewhat is the key word right there. Yeah. Yeah. Be, uh, yeah. I, I, it's never super natural, but y- you do 
have to move in this game left and right down on the bottom of the screen. Otherwise, it's a lot like Operation Wolf. I mean, you fire, you shoot, you you can throw grenades, you can do all those kind of things. So in that aspect, it's very similar. But once I got it down, not like down as much as you can, I started to enjoy it. I mean, moving left and right does open up a whole different facet of the game. Um, collecting up the little uh, score bonuses is definitely a high score chaser. Um, it's also a quarter muncher because this game is is really hard. <laughs> you're going to die a lot, and you're going to feed it as many quarters as it'll take. You die. Um, but other than that, I thought it was I, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I got I think I got to like uh, the third boss in this game. So I mean, which is pretty good for for one sitting. So were you playing the AES version then where you only get three credits? Correct. Gotcha. Yep. Tim, thoughts? Um, (laughs) 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 One thing that frustrated me with both of these games um, is obviously, well, I don't know whether it's, it's obviously not so much with this one because it was designed with the joystick in mind and all that sort of stuff. But certainly with Operation Wolf, the fact that I didn't have a mouse or a gun was, I found frustrating. Um, this game, obviously, not not so much, but I think really it's just the the quarter munching aspect of this one. I think is really that kind of it was more of a game. It was more of a grind than a game to me. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's how I kind of went with it. I mean, it's nice. It's nice graphically. Um, it's good good for the time and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it just got to me, it was a bit jarring as how much you would actually die. Um, I didn't really get that um, somersaulting mechanic t- uh, down pat at all. And I only really kind of like got onto it once I'd read the instructions online and thought, all oh, right, okay, maybe there's something else that you can do. Because um, I, uh, stupidly, I didn't. I just zap straight past the control information that it clearly gives you on the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I played it a bit. I got frustrated with it a bit. I, um, had some uh, decent games on it, but, um, overall I found this one a lot more frustrating than Operation Wolf. Gotcha. Gotcha. So my two cents is the reason I picked this game is, when I loaded up my Neo Geo, this is one of the first games I loaded up because um, I had a little bit of experience with it. And for whatever reason, the moment-to-moment gameplay to me is thrilling. I, I love the speed and the quickness and trying to do the, you know, tapping your head while rubbing your belly thing at the same time. I love the concept of it. Um and I just love playing that first level, and I can play that first level over and over and over again. Now, as the difficulty ramps up, I was also never able to get like terribly comfortable with the way it worked. I would really love to see. Obviously, it was made for the Neo Geo hardware, which is you know inherently one stick and four buttons. So, um, I'm just imagining this game if it had two joysticks with uh, each one with a button on top. So you had both your attacks, and one joystick's moving your character left and right, while the other joystick's moving the reticle around. Right. This would be a blast. Like, uh, I think that would help that kind of uncomfortable, you know, never quite confident in how you're controlling yourself thing, which really does kill a large part of it. And I would say that the other thing 
Um, I mean, we've already talked about the graphics, the sound, I, and to me, just the thrill of playing the game and all the power ups and points and everything is just you know uh, an attack on the senses in a good way and fun. Um, but I think it, it's every Neo Geo game, not every Neo Geo, game, a lot of Neo Geo games are going to suffer from the fact that they don't make home ports; they make the arcade game exactly as it is for the home market, right? So this game is a quarter muncher. I think it's meant to be a quarter muncher. Mm-hmm. And rather than a port like Operation Wolf, where they actually adjust the, you know, uh, adjust the difficulty of the game to a home port to be, you know, ultimately to to be beat at a certain point, this game is still set up in a way where I don't think. I mean, this guy's obviously tearing it up. This guy in this long play we're watching, but for the most part. Um, it's going to take hours and hours of practice to get to the point where you can beat some of these levels without dying. Um, and I'm being proven wrong right here on this video, but uh, that's <laughs> just kind of inherently in the hours and hours yeah. of practice. <laughs> yep. Now, so that, so now, for now me, I, to, I think I have I'll to just step out really quick the, to yeah. use the restroom to, because uh, a giant champagne bottle of beer will do that. Um, <laughs> but did Tim mention that this was the first this is the first Neo Geo game. I did. Did you mention that, Tim? I didn't mention it. No, no. This is okay. the very. This is the first one, and it it the very first one, and it is so it has a serial number of zero zero one, and it also is the only Neo Geo game that doesn't have the Neo Geo title screen. You know where it's all. It doesn't have that. This is the only one that doesn't have that. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Fun fact. Well, I'll throw out my first score because I think for everything it does that I love so much, there's enough frustration and lack of progression in it that drops it right back down as far as it climbed up, unfortunately. Um, I was hoping getting some time with it this this time would help me get further in the game and and learn some of the nuances, and and it hasn't. Um, But man, it's cool. I'm just watching it right now, like the creativity and some of the enemies and the way they attack and i mean for a first game for this system for this uh you know in the arcades this must have been pretty darn impressive um but i have a hard time so i'm gonna i'm gonna take the the easy way out and i'm gonna throw it on you guys i'm gonna give it the exact same um what i give 141 that i gave operation wolf (laughs) So you're making it a tie, huh? I'm making an exact tie and leaving it up to you. I don't. I. I can't decide. Did you want to go next, Tim, or you want me to? I'll, I'll give it 142. I will pick this one over. This is one I will play. I will never play Operation Wolf again. Okay. I don't think this one I will play just so that first level is so darn fun. So I can't pretend I. I don't prefer this one. I do. 142. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, for me. Uh, the the biggest frustration for me with this one, and I, I don't know whether it's realistic or not or what, but um, the thing that really put me off was that you have to stand still to shoot. You can't run and shoot at the same time. Um, so that really, you, you're kind of like a sitting duck at that point. Um, and, and then you've got to evade and all that sort of stuff. So it, yeah, it, it just frustrated the heck out of me at times. Um, so for that, I'm going to go a little bit lower and I'm going to go for 120 on this one. Mm, nice. 120 rounds. 
Um, this game is to me is a better game. It's more, you know, it's, it's better in almost every aspect. It is more frustrating. Um, and that frustration comes from more options, you know, moving left and right, doing the somersaults, uh, it, it, its complexity comes from it being a better game, having more things in it. The more I played this, the better I got. And I got, would get further and further every time. It It is a quarter muncher, much more than Operation Wolf is. Um, but I think I'm going to have to give the nod to this one. Probably not much, like a lot higher, but I think I'm going to give it probably 145 out of 200. So... Yeah, this one wins for me. But if I do that math, yep. Tim's low, low score makes Operation Wolf, the plain Jane, run-of-the-mill, uh, Frosted Flakes, if you will, is going to win this battle. Am I correct? If you if you do the averages, I think so. Yeah, because I think I, I, I raised it a point. Eric, you think you raised yours about 10, yep. but Tim dropped his like 25. So, Operation Wolf, big winner of the Battle of Systems this month. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I, I would like to try Operation Wolf with the light gun. That would be interesting, like on the Nintendo. I want to try this with my magic control scheme of two joysticks with buttons on top. Yeah. I, can I tell you a secret? <laughs> yes. I cheated on this a little bit. On the Mister, I remapped the somersault button right next to the fire button. Okay. So that I could move left and right a lot faster than reaching over to the D button. And then, yeah. so so I remapped it. it. Instead of A, B, C, D, I did A, D, B, C. That makes sense. And uh, That way you only, you only have to, to somersault away when you need to. Aside from that, where you really, the move button doesn't really help. No, nope. So I basically just somersaulted all over the place. Um, and, and did the fire as the main weapon and then would reach over the seat to the third button to hit my grenade every once in a while when I needed it. But I really didn't use that that much, but, and that made nice. it a lot better for me. It's still very, this game is hard. So <laughs> there's nothing, there's no two ways about it. Cool. Right on. Okay. So that brings us, mm-hmm. up, us up to the last segment of not only the episode, but of the entire year. Yeah. Let me go ahead and stop sharing my screen here and shut off this gameplay footage, which is giving me seizures at this point. Here we are. And gentlemen, I don't have a cool sound, so we have to do it with our mouths. I bring to you Pixel Guidance Best of 2022. There we go. Finished. All three of us got involved. So, we're going to take a quick look back at the entire year and see what we enjoyed the most. And I have a few categories here. Hopefully, you gentlemen have looked into it, made your selections, and have plausible deniability for why they are incorrect. And uh, I will start us off with our favorite new game on an old system this year. Favorite new game on an old system. And I'm going to pick Eric to start us off with this oh. one. <laughs> and uh, 
So I, I did pick a runner up for a lot of these. So I don't know if you want me to mention those now, but we'll, we'll do those last. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's do this after we, yeah. My best new game for an old system is Knights and Slimes on Ooh, the Commodore 64. Commodore 64. I really think that's one of the best games on the Commodore 64 bar none. Um, I think it's just, I had so much fun with that game. Love it. So that is my best new game for an old system. Knights and Slimes. Kind of a single screen platformer mm-hmm. slime uh, hack and slash yeah. game, if you will. Did you beat it with any of the characters? Yeah. Yeah. You did? I, okay. I, yep. I beat it probably with three characters. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. It's been a while since I played it, but it's about th- about three characters. Yeah. Yep. I beat it with a couple. I need to go back. I want to... I mean, they don't provide a lot of variety, but it's so fun. I want to go back and just complete everything possible because I can. Yep. <laughs> Great choice. Tim. Okay. So this one is <clears throat> new to me. Um, it's not a brand right. new game, but it's new to me. Um, and the game that can just completely blew me away this year um, has to be Vector Blade on Vectrex. Yes. Um, I love and adore this game um it's just brilliant um i can't get enough of it i play it very very much on my vetrex uh thank you very much guys and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so i know it's not quite no, it, <laughs> i have, that, do have that, a, a new honorable mention but it was because it was new to me um and never really seen it before or had a chance to play it and i think i've just yeah so i've got to go with vector blade how about you cody what's yours Vectorblade is a great choice, and uh, yeah. the only issue with that game is that I get sucked into it, and they be, once you get powered up, ends up being like forty minute play sessions. You're and breaking just, up, Cody. Uh oh, I don't want to break up. Oh, there you go. You're back. You're back. I'm You're back. But yeah, the, the, you end up playing like forty minute play sessions of that game, which can can you're ready for a quick five, 10 minute romp. And all of a sudden 30 minutes later, you're like, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't just have one go either. It's impossible. <laughs> oh, it's so fun though. It's so fun. Um, so my pick for best new game on an old system, you're breaking um, up again, Cody. I don't want to break up. Don't let me break up. Stop <laughs> with this breaking up. Don't let me do that. Uh, all was awakening on the NES. Can mm. you remember me playing that one? Yeah. Um, absolutely love that game. Just amazing looking game, really well laid out, great pacing, kind of leads you, but you still have to do some research on your own, a bit of a Metroidvania. And, uh, if you haven't played, I did play buy the ROM and put it on my, uh, EverDrive and play it on my true NES, but I also did end up buying the Evercade cartridge, which includes that game and a new one I have not played yet, Cathedral. So... If you guys uh, pick up that cart, you gotta you gotta play Always Awakening. Absolutely awesome game. Yep, I plan on getting grabbing that on the Evercade. You had a couple runners up there, Eric. Yeah, just my my only runner up for that one is Rogue sixty four. That's probably the second one that I've played the most. Uh, Tim, thank you. You gave us the physical copy of that, um, but it got me really back into Rogue games, and it is just a solid Rogue. A game so there's not much else to say about that but i love that that's probably my runner-up anybody that else have a runner-up because that's exactly one of my honorable mentions <laughs> Rogue <Good>. 64 <clears throat> that's a good um, one and also another one which was from uh the crabtastic competition which is marble boy yes yeah 
<laughs> not even a full release just a, no. a a smattering of hopefully what's to come i really want that to become a full release yeah that's a brilliant yeah. game brilliant and i have to touch base on rogue 64 just the packaging and the uh the, the presentation of that box is amazing yeah um uh, i mean to me it, I, the game is amazing but the, the packaging everything actually trumps the game <laughs> it's so cool looking it comes with a gem yeah, I don't know any other game gem. that comes with a gem. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Rogue Quest as well when that comes out on the Amiga. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's that's looking excellent. Um, uh, you know, I didn't have a straightforward runners up runner up on this one, so for me it was I I was awakening all the way. Cool. So, uh, let's move on to our favorite modern game now. To be to be clear that we have a segment coming up for, you know, a modern retro inspired game. Um, so this would be, you know, a true modern game, be it a third party or I'm sorry, a triple A title or, um, you know, something that would be modern, not necessarily retro inspired. So Tim's got his pick. Yep. I got mine. Um, I've really just done this on kind of what I, put the most time into this year um and i think it has to be crash drive three. Oh. <laughs> i love it i love it that's a great dollar 99 yeah, yeah. A, I, I just got so much time out of that and just played so much of it um and danica played it a bit as well we we um took the switch away on when we went uh visited bonnie scotland um and we we both played crash drive three on uh while we were away on the on the big tv in the the apartment we were in so yeah um some fond memories and like i say just just got tons and tons of gameplay out of that one so crash drive three for me i don't really have any um backups on this one um so that's just me crash drive three all the way nice it's a good one I'll take the next one. This sure. one I played with my daughter at the very beginning of the year, and it left the biggest impression on me, and that was the game It Takes Two, the game where you have to play with another person, couch co-op, to complete the game, and just the interactions um, between you know the two players and how you have to complete it and how it brings you literally next to each other talking in real life to help complete the game. It was just a cool experience, uh, not to mention the game was really well made and really creative uh, absolutely takes my modern game of the year. Any runner-ups? Well, we got to do yours first, uh, oh, Eric. What was right. yours? My best modern game is Brotato. Oh, it made it. It made it. <laughs> it made it. It made it. Brotato is this awesome arena shooter where <clears throat> you have to figure out the proper loadout to try to maximize the damage that you cause. Uh, and try to get to wa- beat 20 waves. And once you do that, you get to f- face a boss. And once you beat that boss, then you unlock a bunch of stuff. Um, it, it is this, the, the loop in this game is so awesome. Just trying to figure out what you can stack on this potato to make him the ultimate fighting champion. Um, it is really, really, really a cool game. And, um, hope you guys get a chance to play it sometime. So that's my choice. Bro-tato. Nice. Nice. Cool. All right. Do we have uh, honorable <clears throat> mentions for this category? Tim, you said you didn't, right? No, nothing from me. Straight up with Crash Drive 3. What about you, Cody? You know, I played a bunch of games. Um, 
I'm not sure if they fall into this year, but just off the top of my head, uh, I believe I played a lot of at the very beginning of this year. I need to get back to it. Man, Far Cry 5 was awesome. Oh, man. You didn't beat <laughs> it. I haven't, you didn't I haven't beat completed it, it yet. I, I stopped at some point and never went back, unfortunately. But um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, that it definitely far, didn't make onto my list. It was a Far Cry <laughs> from Not Fun. Um, and then I also, I don't think you even mentioned on the show, but I ended up downloading the to- Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yeah. Played a ton of that. That yeah. was a blast. I played a, a good amount of modern stuff, but nothing stuck like uh, It Takes Two as in my mind. So yeah. I, have to, I have to go with that. Mine was obviously Cult of the Lamb, which I talked about with you guys quite a bit. So Close second. Yeah. So it'll it's a game that is divided in, into two parts. One part is a just a shooter, like your little guy running around and you're shooting things and you're collecting resources. And then the uh, exactly half of the game is base building, building your cult, building your, you know, the, the infrastructure for your cult. Um, so it's really cool. Cause you have this chill down where you're just building your mace and then you have the chill up where it's like, you're going through and just trying to kill things and trying to collect resources. It's a great game. Um, you know, I did get sidetracked with Brotato, which, um, you know, took all my time. So someday I'll be back. <laughs> so anyway, that's my runner-up, Cult of the Lamb. All right, I'll go ahead and kick off this next category, although we're going to have to make a little tweak, maybe. Maybe make have to make a little tweak for Tim. But that is best beer, beer of the year that we've had on the show. Um or in Tim's case, if you want to sub- submit another beverage that you've had on the show or one of the beers you had while you were here, I don't know. You get creative. Yep. Um, but for me, so this doesn't make it sound like a raving review, but I think we've had a lot of, we actually had probably the most um, beers I didn't care for this year. Yeah. In the past, it was a lot of good <laughs> beers and it was hard to choose. And this year is a lot of beers. I'm just like, okay, that's that's a beer, I guess. Um, so for me, I, I'm going to call this one a bit of a tie, which I hate to do. But I think my beers of the year are both of the Sedwick Brewing beers uh, from the local college, UC Davis. Yeah. The People's Pilsner and the Gunrock uh, Hazy IPA, which I absolutely loved. And if you go into my uh, freezer over or fridge, fridge over at the other house right now, I've got... Um, six to 12 of each of those in there right now because they're just so darn good so and they also bought a ton of them for my wife's birthday recently in which it was a, uh, it was her it was it was a big one it was one of the one of the birthdays ends in a zero so we had a a bunch of her friends over and uh and it got it got a bit crazy which is in a good way so cool. <laughs> so we got leftover beers but gun rock and people's pilsner people's pilsner is a good one i really like that one cool eric so mine one we had during the summer. It was the it was one I got from Jackrabbit Brewing Company, which is here in West Sacramento. It's called Tartar Moke Black Lager. I don't uh, Tartar Moke. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it was oh, a I black, remember that Black Lager. That was odd. Yeah, that. it was a black lager, but it was toasty, roasty, just full of flavor. Um, that was fantastic, and they don't carry that one all the time at Jackrabbit. So when you go in there, if you see it, I try to grab a four pack of that one. And they, sometimes they have it on tap too. Um, but Jackrabbit's becoming one of my favorite breweries. They, they just 
most of their beers are really, really good. So anyway, that's the one Tartar Moke Black Lager. Cool. Um, now, you guys might have to help me out with this one. Um, I have a feeling I know what it is, but yes, continue. All right, continue. okay. <laughs> um, we went to the Barcade in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the first beer I chose, they had literally just got to the end of the barrel. They did, and that's I right. I remember I had that. Half a glass of it. Um, but it was epic. And I can't, I, I just remember this is just like a brilliant beer. Um, but I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I wouldn't either. know. I was after you, so I didn't yeah, get to it, try it. It was kind of like, a, I think it was like a fruity sour. Um, it was a sour. Yep. yep yeah. That's right. But it was epic. It was brilliant. And I just wish they had that. <laughs> I would have just drunk that one all night. It was brilliant. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I don't remember the name of it, but I mean, those ones all on there are probably ones I wouldn't. I don't even remember the beers I had that night. No, no. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately, <clears throat> yeah. I don't remember the name of it, so I can't re- recommend it. But <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. The first was, beer was at a great one. Up. That just one just stuck in my mind. It was and, and probably because I could only have half a glass of it. Maybe it's that's just kept me wanting more. <laughs> the cool thing is the bartender gave that to you for free too. He did. He did. Yeah. So it tasted oh. even sweet. <laughs> exactly. Nothing <laughs> tastes better than free beer. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. So that's my one. Cool. Moving on, we are now talking about current releases on modern systems, but retro-inspired modern games. Okay. So I could be a stickler and say, Eric, some of those twin-stick shooters you picked for your modern game of the year could be considered retro-inspired. Sure, they could. But that's yep. a, that's a uh, you know that's the the opinion, I guess, more than a fact. So. Yep. What, what Eric, would you consider uh, your retro-inspired game of the year? Yep. So my retro-inspired game of the year is is Vradark's Revenge on the Spectrum Next. Spectrum Next is a new computer. Okay. Wow. You're going you're going gray area on all these answers. I, I like it. Okay. It is the next Spectrum Next is a new computer, and this it one is. is a retro-inspired new computer game. Vradark's Revenge. So if you think about Chaos Engine, it's kind of a bit like Chaos Engine, um, but with a bit of arch RPG elements. Um, I love this game. I think it is amazing. I, it's definitely the best game I've played on the Next. Um, and when I ever, if I ever do get my net, real Next, because I was playing this on the Mister, if I ever do, I will definitely be playing it a lot on that machine. So that is my pick, Vradark's Revenge. I did actually recently, well, yes, two days ago, purchase this game. Oh, good. Um, oh, good. And uh, I ended up playing that Tanabra game on my on my <clears> next, <throat> and haven't got a mouse plugged in. So once I get my mouse plugged in, and then I need to update my OS for my next as well. Breaking up again a bit, Cody. Oh, I can tell <clears> I'm breaking up because you guys, Eric makes his face. It makes it really obvious when I'm breaking up. He goes, looks a bit Muppety. Um it's my Mitch McConnell face. <laughs> Looks like a turtle. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, once I get the OS updated, because um, I did try to run it just to see how it ran, and it, it was it was fragging out and stuff. So I think it's because, Eric, you mentioned I have to update my operating system. So you got to have it all up to date. Your next has to be totally up to date. Yeah. There you go. 
Tim. Okay. Um, funnily enough, mine was actually on the next as well when wow. I was over in California. And even though I, I didn't do particularly great on it, I think Baggers in Space was brilliant. Yes. <laughs> An it's absolutely good. masterclass of a game. Um, it has Jetpack, which I absolutely love, and obviously res- very, very much inspired off of Jetpack. So I think that does count as retro-inspired um, and played on a new recreated system um, and up- updated and so, yep, yeah, um, my vote goes for Baggers in Space. Nice. And I've played, I think I've, I've gotten a little further since, since you got me back on that one. I plugged it in the other day and ended up trying to, uh, took me a couple hours to get through about three or four more levels, but yeah, I know there's, I believe, 20 altogether and I'm at like 14 or something now. So I'm getting so close to actually having to emulate the, the next now yeah. <laughs> uh, there's um i think it's it's it c-spect i think which is the emulator that uh, mike daly has created for the for the next so there's some like you know the the other one that you've just mentioned and a couple of other games like baggers in space and all that sort of stuff i'm i'm getting tired of waiting to have to play these games some more so i think i might actually have to just break out emulate. an emulator and start playing these games again. <laughs> yeah i get it hold off hold up that's my thing i always want to do try the real hardware but yeah i get it i get it um, for me, it was the first game that I played when I got my uh, my uh, garage sale find where I bought a brand new Xbox Series S, loaded it up, got my free month of you know Xbox Gold, whatever it's called, and uh, found a game on there, just downloaded it, and started playing it out of the blue called Arch- Archvale. Oh, and yeah. Archvale was that top-down. It was also a twin-stick shooter. Yeah. Um, kind of, a, as you put it, Eric, a flick screen. Mm-hmm. Twin-stick shooter where you go through these levels, kind of Smash TV style, but it had RPG elements. It had Metroidvania elements in which you were going back and forth through the maps to unlock things that you couldn't get to before, and uh, towns where you could buy upgrades, and it just hit all the buttons for me. Um, played through the whole thing. It was very challenging, I had to play certain bosses multiple times and rage quit and come back, you know, the next day. But absolutely loved it. Haven't heard about the game anywhere before or since, but it, it was so good. I'm, it's criminal that it's not more well known. But for me, it was Archvale, and I'll go ahead and throw out my runner-up right now. Yeah, which was a Castlevania II-inspired game, also on the Xbox, uh, called Infernax. If you remember me playing that one. Yep. Um, yeah. Where I was running around and whipping things and and Castlevania in things, um, very very cool, very cool game. Felt very NES to me, but bigger, bigger and more NES. And uh, I guess probably hit a lot of nostalgia buttons for me. Realistically, cool. Okay, yeah my my runner up was Warblade. I mean, we talked about that, so I don't want to oh, go yeah. too far into it, but. I really got into Warblade after I installed it on my Steam Deck and played it a lot. And uh, it's a fantastic shoot 'em up. I really enjoyed it. I see. I want to throw one in there. Um, and that's TKX on the PlayStation Vita, which is obviously oh, yeah. kind of like a, a Tempest inspired game. Um, yeah. And that's one of that, but that was the, uh, for the want of a better word, the genesis of me getting the, the, um, the Vita was to play TKX. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to throw that in as my runner up. That's great. 
Retro Police again, Eric. Warblade, wasn't that... Didn't that come out... Wasn't that an, a, t- a game that was of the time? Isn't that a classic... No, it was based on... Um, it was based on uh, Galaga... Like Lux Galaga. Deluxe Galaga on the Amiga, but it was a more what? modernish game. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't have the facts to back it up, but man, you're being a slippery little <laughs> sea monkey today. It's a modernish uh, game. I mean, it's not right, super right. modern, but it's pretty modern. We play. We call it GameCube Retro. Is all I'm saying. Okay. Um. All right. Classic game that we played on the show. So this could be. Any game that was new to you this year because it's... Uh, well, I guess shouldn't say it has to be new to you. Any no. game that you, we played on the show this year or you played it to uh, discuss again on the show, even if you've played it in the past. So yeah. I'll start with Tim. Yeah, yeah, this one was easy for me. Yeah. Revenge of the Gator. Love oh, that yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Okay. I <laughs> thought about that one. one. I thought about it. I love that game. Love, love, love it. So that was on Game Boy Advance, right? Just nope. Game Boy. Game Boy. Oh, just yeah. on Game Boy. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's how good it was. You don't even remember that it wasn't advanced. Exactly. Was just, yep. exactly. And it was one of the original Game Boy games as well. That one was yep. fantastic. I yeah, loved it. Brilliant fun. I love that. Thank you very much. I think that was Cody picked that one out. So thank you very much for pointing me in that direction. Love that game. There you go. And now we gotta find we gotta play the uh the follow up game from that company, which I believe was it um Kirby's Pinball. Kirby's Pinball, yep. yeah. Oh there that's a, and I played that one before too. That one's fun too. Yep. There cool. Yeah, that was actually one of my runners up, so you touched on that one for me. Um for me it I as much as I've played this game so much in my life, I can't get away from it. It's still probably one of my favorite games of all time. That's Gradius Five. Yeah. When we did, I think that was our first episode this year in January, but we did a battle of the, the horizontal shmups mm-hmm. um, and did it against our type final, but those, yeah, Gradius five. Those yeah. were so fun. I, I loved playing both of those games. Amazing, amazing game. Best Gradius of all time. Yep. Eric. So I think mine is, uh, might, might surprise you. Because I don't often pick Nintendo games as my favorite games, but I'm going to pick Gun.Smoke. Gun.Smoke, Wow, okay. (laughs) Because I loved it, and I played it so much, that, and I enjoyed it so much that I ended up beating it, which it's not an easy game to beat, um, but I just stuck with it and loved it, and I love that type of game where you're walking up the screen, you're shooting, and it's in the perfect setting. It's old Western power-ups. Just loved it. So that's my pick. Gun dot smoke. That's a good pick. I love it. I love yeah. it. And I had do have a runner up. I don't know if you guys okay. did. Go for it. My runner up was many, many months back. Do you remember when we played Power Stone on the Dreamcast? Hmm. Power Stone. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um I I've known about Power Stone for a very long time, but um when we played it on the show, I had to go a little deeper into it played a little more and I really, really enjoyed that. So my runner up is Power Stone on the on the Dreamcast. That's a game I wanted to love. Yeah. Do you have uh, any runners up, Tim? Um not really. Um nothing really kind of like sprung out as much as Revenge of the Gator, I think. I just that was just a game that I just put tons of time into and just really, really enjoyed it. Not that I didn't enjoy a lot of the games that we played, but uh that one's yeah. really stuck in my mind, I think. 
for sure. Yeah, that one popped out for me. That was one. And the other one that, uh, again, it was already a, a go-to for me, though, but Elemental Master. Yeah. It's always going to be on the top of my list for Genesis games. Absolutely love that. That kind of same thing with Gunsmoke, right? Running up the screen, walking on the ground kind of a thing. All right, this is a self-indulgent question. <laughs> what was your favorite Patreon song? Actually, there was one one month where it wasn't a song. It was more of a skit, but Patreon song of the year. And I have a feeling I know what you guys are going to pick, so I'm going to let you guys go first, and they're going to be the same. But, Eric, <laughs> you go first. Why well, it has to be, and it, and it wasn't just because Tim was here, but it the, the song stuck in my mind for, like, weeks later i was singing it in the car i would be humming it at clients i mean it was the tim's it was the song we did when tim was here where we all yep. sung together pixel yep. got in, yep. pixel got in. that's I'm it. Not sing it again i was bad enough the first time around <laughs> but that, that when Cody hung me out to dry oh it worked so well though that was it that was it for me was that for you tim oh absolutely yeah yeah I mean, uh, Cody does amazing work on those Patreon songs. Thank he you does. very much, Cody. Um, he does. They're all it, awesome. It had, I love the latest one. the one where we were all together, definitely. Yep. Well, I'm going to buck that trend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that was absolutely awesome. Um, and uh, to me, that was more of a pixel guide in moment rather than the song itself. So I'm just classifying, but I agree. That was that was fun. That was awesome. I sat there with an acoustic guitar. We just kind of wrote it in three minutes and just went for it, and we riffed half of the song uh, live to tape. So uh, I still have a special uh, – uh, hopefully I'll get into it next year, but I have a special uh, treat coming up where I might have to remaster that song. So nice. <laughs> maybe that'll be in a future Patreon. I don't know. But for me, out of the, the songs I did, because I knew you guys were going to pick that and I had to pick something different. Uh, my favorite one that I did was the, I mean, they're all super corny, but the smooth uh, Yacht Rock Brian McDonald sounding one. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. But I just I was just listening to all of them earlier today. I just went through and listened to them all. We I went through, uh, we did the Pixel Guide and Blues. We had a funk song. I had a really uh, um, cringy pop song where I actually tried to make a sort of a modernish pop song. <laughs> and I think I played a little too, um, should I say, conservative, where it might have come across like I actually thought I was like digging what I was doing. Uh, there was like a <laughs> Bob Dylan-ish like folk song, maybe kind yeah. of Peter Paul and Mary-ish. Um, what else do we have? We had the last most recent one was kind of rockabilly. And then we had the uh, this kind of skit I did, which was Wild Cody Wild Cody's Game Emporium. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, anyways, I I enjoyed the smooth rock song. I think that was uh, one of the better ones. So, last but not least, to finish off our segment, our show, and our year, your favorite Pixel Gaiden moment of 2022, and I will go ahead. And I'm going to, well, I, I guess I, at this point I can't change my, my rules because you guys already have your decisions. But for me, I'm going to say, I obviously I could pick when Tim came over, which, you know, would be the easy choice. Um, but specifically for me, making a Pixel Guiden moment means it was part of the Pixel Guiden show, which everyone got to enjoy with us. It was the top 50 game segment we did when, when uh, Tim was over. We did top 50 arcade games. 
Uh, we did it bracket style. We had arguments. We uh, we we made friends. We made enemies <laughs> <laughs> with True. some of our decisions. True. Uh, I can't remember the game, but I thought of one after the fact, which I'm like, man, we didn't even put that on the list. That's my bad. Um, but whatever. It, it's it's definite. It is uh, never never shall be questioned or changed from this point forward. The best fifty arcade games of all time. Spoiler alert, the winner was Bubble Bobble. <laughs> <laughs> we tried very hard on that, I will say. Yeah. I mean, we we gave it our, our good college tries, right? I mean, we, we really did put a big effort into picking the best games. So, And that's what made it so fun, though. So yep. pre, uh, pre, pre-87, so 86 and before, kind of the golden age of the arcade, yeah. So, yep. uh, Eric, how about yourself? Well, I mean, I am going to pick the, the obvious <laughs> choice. Tim's Visit. Um, was awesome. I mean, every, every aspect of it was awesome. I mean, just hanging out with Tim, recording the show with Tim, um, the whole, uh, Vectrex side story, the Gaiden, you know, the, the Gaiden, the, yeah, the, the yeah. Gaiden of the, uh, of Vectrex, like hunting that down, tracking it down, getting it, and then watching Tim open it. Um, those, those were, that was the best pixel guide moment to me. By the far. queen dying and shortening the trip by a day and stressing yep. us all out and yeah it's great <laughs> all yep. of it yeah <laughs> uh, what about I you have, tim i have three particular standout moments nice. so indulge me here yep. <laughs> indulging indulging so the first two is pretty much what cody nailed um actually sitting down with you guys the first time all, all of us three together on mic at the same time and starting that show was a, a big moment for me. I enjoyed, uh, you know, I enjoyed that. And there was a, a lot of stuff to get to that point, if you see what I mean. So that kind of like was a highlight for me. The second one was very much, again, what Cody said was doing that, uh, the, the 50 arcade games. Uh, that was just an, uh, that was just a blast. I just love, love doing that. Even though it took us ages and we were all uh, <laughs> <laughs> hanging at that point when we got right down to the last bit, but it was brilliant fun. Um, and then of course there's that typical Eric moment in the year where he makes me literally <laughs> scream out loud with laughter. Um, I don't know whether it's quite usurped stringy lorry, um, but oh, obviously yeah, Eric calling me a screaming racist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember oh. that exact moment. I was just running on the treadmill, wasn't expecting it. And then Eric come, uh, comes out with that. And I literally just burst out with laughter. And I think everyone in the whole gym just started looking at me. So thank you very much for that moment, Eric. You're welcome. <laughs> right, well, and then you- it was fun watching like Cody's face. Cause we were being all serious talking like that. And then when I, when I said that, when I was like, well, I mean, you know, the, the rampant racism and then so watching Cody just like pause, like, like I, like I, like I, like I pushed the pause button on his life force, you know, he's just like, he paused and then he started laughing. Did you really just punch my baby? What just happened? <laughs> no, that was fun. 
Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> did you did you hand out pixel guide and business cards to everyone in the gym at that point to make sure they knew why it was so funny and they had to they had to tune in? Yeah, no, because uh, if I would have explained it, you know, was, he's just called me a racist, and that's so exactly. funny. <laughs> Not so funny on paper. No, no, no. Some moments just aren't. Yeah. Well, that's a year. That it is a year. What Another a year. good year of Pixel Guide in the books. And hey, we're approaching episode 100. Yep. We are getting there. We are getting there. We need and, to think uh, about it. We need to think about it. I have a few ideas, and they're not going to be over the top, and they're not going to take a whole bunch of extra time. But I'm just kind of thinking about my favorite moment of the year, which was a top 50 arcade game segment. And I think there might be some some riffing off of that idea. I don't know if you guys have any ideas you can throw into the mic right now to what wet some whistles out there i don't know about that i am <laughs> going to try to do something special i'm tr- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna either create something or do something i'm going to try okay. to do something to commemorate 100 episodes because little solo effort over there by by eric okay, okay. yeah i'm going to try to i don't i can't make any promises but i have some ideas and tim is smirking <laughs> that that racist smirk uh, no. <laughs> kidding again make sure people know we're kidding about the racism <laughs> um yeah i i've had a few thoughts but nothing really nothing really solid at the moment i thought perhaps we were all gonna kind of get together and put our collective thinking caps off offline and um yeah see what we can come up with be nice to do it after the holidays and just try to figure something out. It's February. That that show would fall in February, right? Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. Cool. All right. Well, there is episode 97 of Pixel Guy Den and year 2022 of Pixel Guy Den. And uh, we are going to come back strong in January. That's right. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like yet, but uh, it's going to be more, more good. Absolutely. More goodness. We're going to keep it going. All right, until then, everybody, please remember, it's It's dangerous dangerous to go go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guide in. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.